0: The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. I am uh, the man. If you're the
1: man What The Rock is talking. The best
2: there is
0: and the of the world. What it is, what it do, welcome to the One Fall Podcast, Joshua Adam William Arbethot with the ultimate baby face, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? And the crown prince of charisma, the futurist, the WWE Slayer Morton.
2: You got to be the ring announcer for
0: some wrestling company. We, we may have that in the works soon. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Up. All right. So uh, last night, unfortunately, uh, we did record a uh, Stampede Wrestling. Uh, Stampede Wrestling <laughs> gave away the, uh, the company there. Uh, we did record a WWE SummerSlam pod, but uh, unfortunately data issues internet be damned the show didn't get recorded but uh you know what we were a little bit of groggy we we're a little tired and uh we're back now to uh give you the full run cap of SummerSlam weekend so without any further ado do you guys want to go in and be happy and talk about takeover or do you want to just get SummerSlam out of the way i think we I talk, say, let's do takeover
2: i see okay it's, it's so nice to have a show two and a half hours especially after last mm-hmm. night isn't it
1: Well, that's even still one of the knocks on AEW is how long their pay-per-views go. This just, Mm -hmm. this was the perfect length
0: for pro wrestling. We have so much roster talent too. It's always hard, right? Absolutely. You want to get people, you want to get people in, but it's also, you know, hard. All right. Well, let's start with NXT. Uh, The first match of the night was in the pre-show. It really wasn't much of a match. It was a squash match. Rich Holland takes out Trey Baker in 145. I have no comments on this because I, I didn't get a chance to see the pre-show. Uh, did either of you guys have any comments on this match?
2: I saw it and all I can say it was a, it, the big guy went over. Big shock.
0: Hmm. That's the new NXT.
1: New NXT. Woohoo! I did not see this. I was making food.
2: <laughs> you missed yeah. nothing.
0: No. Okay. So with all that, then, we, uh, we move on to the first match of the night. Cameron Grimes beats LA Knight to win the Million Dollar Championship and goes to the moon. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was fun. LA Knight, obviously, like we talked about, is a great talent. Uh, Grimes is a great talent. And uh, the five-year-old in me kind of marked out getting to see the Million Dollar Dream can
1: i just say that the million dollar man still throws a hell of a punch and he that it was a great moment it was he, this is how you're supposed to use these guys it helped elevate grimes helped get that dastardly la night it it worked perfectly and uh i'm happy that this is made. i don't want to be a downer but this could be grime's last real big moment in the sun in nxt and i'm glad he got it I'm
2: really glad he got it. It's very. It seems very likely it is this last big moment. I got to say, what a good match this was! How much I liked that the near falls were really well done. Uh, you know, the finish was logical. Uh, great to see. You're right, Joel. You you nailed it. That's how you use a legend. Um, they did it right. I I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I predicted that. Uh, LA Knight was losing so we could see him on the main roster. I still feel that way, but I have to say, um, I also said he's a good wrestler tonight. He was better than good. He was extremely good tonight and, uh, crimes is always excellent. So yeah, very good match.
0: It was a phenomenal match. I really like the, the way the two of these worked and just everything with Ted. I think Ted nailed everything in this entire, really, I wasn't really a huge fan of the camera Grimes character NXT, uh, and once they added Ted and they did the skits, that was really well done. And then it brought I think it brought a lot out of Adam Cameron because he's a great comedic character, but he's also a great wrestler. And so that gets the got the brought in and it really raised the gimmick to what it has now. LA Knight has a lot of talent. Like you said, Morton, I, like, I guess we wouldn't be shocked to see him on the main roster potentially tomorrow because I'm assuming there'll be some SummerSlam call-ups that we'll see on the main roster in the next few days here. Potentially LA Knight could be one of them. We'll talk about who another one could be maybe later on here. Uh, and just DiBiase, you guys nailed it, just using a legend in the correct way. So I really, and even Ted just doing a promo in the back afterwards with Grimes and handing the money out. Uh, I, I thought he was sensational in his promo back there. And one of my favorite talkers in history, and it, it's a guy, and you can talk in this more, and really, it, we don't talk about Ted enough anymore when we talk about some of the best promo guys of all time. But Ted is definitely up there.
2: Uh, let's put it this way this is the way i would describe it i mean we don't talk about ted dibiase much but you'll remember when cody and uh and ted's son uh uh, helped me out here uh ted jr ted jr yes was it ted Mm -hmm. jr and then there was another one was it mike dibiase
0: yeah ted jr infamous for the cody story don't fuck on me (laughs) you ever heard that (laughs) you heard that story Oh no, I have not heard that. So there was a long story short. There was like a six-man tag or whatever, right? And it was like with Brian or something. And the ref like counted quick or something on on Dibiase Jr. And uh, they go to the back, and Dibiase is losing his shit in that. He's like, "That ref tried to fuck on me."
2: So Botchamania
0: uses that all the time. There's a fast count or anything like that, and they show that Cody shoot interview.
2: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, anyways, I remember when they were teaming together, Ted Jr. and Cody, um, having an argument about who was better between Dusty and and Ted Sr. And if you're comparing him to Dusty and talking about who's better, and you can make the argument that Ted was better, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, certainly as an all-around performer, I mean, he's not far behind as a talker you know? And uh, I mean, it's back and forth. You could argue either one of them. It's a very even battle to me. So, I mean, he's up there with a, leg- a legendary figure like Dusty Rose. I think that kind of uh, is a good way to describe how good he was.
0: He was very good. Very, very good. Uh, all right. And so with that, we move on to our next match of the night. We had Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai in a singles match. You know, pretty fun women's match. I don't think there's much of a shocker here that Dakota lost, even though I think, you know, as we said in our preview on Friday, you know, we all were rooting for Dakota. I don't I don't know what her future is going forward. As this new movement of NXT moves forward, Kel seems like the perfect face for the women division. And then we got Kylie at the end there for the next challenger. And I think that should be a really fun match.
2: I thought this was just as good as the opening match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Uh, You know, I mean, I thought uh, this is the best either one of them has ever looked. Both of them have improved so much since they've come in. Uh, I thought this was, uh, the psychology in this match was really, really strong. I'm not sure the right person went over. Let me tell you, the crowd certainly wanted Dakota to go over, Mm -hmm. even though she was supposedly the heel. uh, The way that it was wrestled psychology-wise, I mean, she's the the smaller woman and, and using her brains and her quickness to counteract the powerhouse. So it's 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 psychology-wise, she was kind of the baby face, um, but that's really the only way you could do that match between the two of them and have it be as good as it was. But uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Kylie Ray coming out at the end, you know, former NXT UK Women's Champion, and uh, that should be fun. She's pretty good too. Uh, she's not great, but she's pretty good. And, pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's pretty she's pretty good. And and uh, you know, I mean, Gonzalez needs challengers, so I mean, that's a that's a good way to do it. I'm uh I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Dakota next. I have a feeling there may be a main roster call-up. Uh, she is better off, I still think, as a babyface, but we'll see what He's happens. She's been on main event as well, right? So yeah, that wouldn't be stocker.
0: Yeah.
1: Joel. Uh I I enjoyed this match. This was this was a lot of fun. Uh I, I really like Dakota Kai. Uh I thought these two worked well, they worked hard. They obviously wanted to deliver. Uh, I felt like both of them did and, uh, the challenger coming up. Uh, I, I was, I thought, uh, Gonzalez would have been, uh, more likely to be main roster bound out of the two, but, uh, I guess she's staying in NXT and I think she's going to have, a, a, a nice program with, uh, uh, with, uh, Lee coming out. Uh, it, this should be good. It should be good. Uh, I, I enjoyed this. This I, I have nothing more really to add What what you two added.
2: I, I can say this about Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez is one of the few people in NXT this year that you could see legitimately has moved numbers for them, has had some of their mm-hmm. biggest segments. So I think that's probably the reason why they don't want to take her off NXT. You know, that's an argument. She should go to the main roster. Uh, let's face it. I mean, NXT needs something.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: and even, even
1: with whatever this revamped NXT is going to be, you still need a, that transition period before you fully get to whatever whatever the new world's going to look like.
0: Yes, you do. All right. Well, let's move on to the, the next match. And uh, it, it was okay. You know, it was fine. <laughs> <It wasn't... laughs> Dragunov beats Walter by submission in a singles match. They they just beat the living piss out of each other. Uh, I, I, unless I'm wrong, to me, this is the match of the year for me right now. I I think, you know, uh, Shingo and Will is definitely up there. Sasha and Bianca for the history side of it is definitely on there, but this definitely entered the stratosphere of match of the year. These two just beat the living hell out of each other and put on a hell of a match. And it's unfortunate this, didn't get to be in a bigger arena like NXT normally is for the fans to really draw into it. But man, by the end of the night, if you weren't familiar with Dragonov, like I wasn't as familiar because I don't watch a lot of NXT UK, man, you definitely got to the level like this guy deserves to be NXT champion. And Walter, what a run by him. Just unbelievable. I don't know how I am speechless with this match.
1: Uh, I, I just wanted to jump in. I love the finish because it looked like he was about to pop his head off. And then the minute you kind of see him pull up, is when he starts tapping. It was it. This was incredible. I love this match from start to finish. They beat the piss out of each other. They just chopped and beat each other down. And babyface just kept coming back. Just kept coming back. Kept coming back. And finally slayed the the giant that's known as Walter. As so this was phenomenal. This is absolutely up there with Will and uh, Shingo uh, and Bianca and Sasha uh i we're racking our brain trying to find figure out the other matches from this year that would be among among those but this is absolutely a match that uh we will definitely be talking about at the end of the year
2: Mm -hmm. yeah just uh the best way i can describe it just to give it a, a huge compliment say how good it is is it reminded me of all japan in the early 90s matches between And Steve Williams and these great much of that because it didn't it didn't rely on WWE style. I mean they'd never be allowed to do this in the on the main roster. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a totally different style. Uh main roster doesn't it doesn't let that stiff a match happen. Um it doesn't allow, I mean, they're all about you know about building to the to the uh two or three moves, uh or often one move, you know, the finisher and and, and like I say, to have a great match, you need multiple kickouts of the finisher. This had multiple different near falls that could have been a finish that were believable. I mean, it's, it's a different style. Uh, so good. Uh, just as good, maybe even better than their match last year. Uh, I love the fact you made me wait 10 months to see the rematch. You know, that's how mm-hmm. you do it. Build that Makes anticipation. So and, and and now you can have a rubber match and you can, you can wait for that for a little while too. Um, I was sure love to see these two, both of them, but especially Walter. I mean, I'd love to see them in the G1. Oh, I could just imagine how great that would be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if I have it as match of the year because there has been some crackers in the, you know, I mean, I, I like, you know, think about Shingo has probably had three or four matches on this level this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been unbelievable. You know, his match with Jeff Cobb was incredible at Russell Kingdom and his match with Will Osprey and Ibushi and, um you know, just great stuff. So uh, let's say, well, I guess the, has he faced Ibushi this year or was that last year? Uh, it doesn't matter. He's had three or four. I'm, I'm a, you know, at a loss to, to remember them all, but he's had some some killer matches. It's, it's so, up
0: there. That's thats for sure. That's it's the point
2: there. is it, it's up there with the very best of New Japan, uh, better than mm-hmm. anything AEW has done this year. And AEW has had some very yep. good matches. But better but we than were thinking, what's the
0: this? best AW match? Like, but they, I don't think there's been anyone that's been like, um, unbelievable. it's been vague. Joel and I were racking our brains on this, morning. Like, there's been good ones, like, you know, Kenny and Jungle Boy was really, really good. Uh, and the Bucks had a few good ones as well. But I couldn't think of anything that like stood out to like a match of the year yet.
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, no, I wouldn't think so. I, I don't think there's anything. There's been a really good action consistently, but nothing mm-hmm. at that tier that top top tippy top tier they've had that in the past mainly from the Bucks and Bucks still have great matches but I mean my favorite match might be Jungle Boy against Darby Allen I love that match um, mm-hmm.
1: that was a really good match
2: yeah uh, that probably is my favorite AEW match of the year but it's nowhere near this level no just wait till this full is... gear yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that would be okay all right. So, yeah, uh, Joel, your thoughts on this phenomenal match? I
1: I gave my thoughts. I loved it. I loved it. Mm. I enjoyed it. I, uh, this is absolutely something that is going to stick. Like the bruising and the cut, it just, it per- it was perfect. And again, that finish was fantastic. Uh, they killed it. Uh, so now my question to you guys is with it, because Nikon did have, uh, the sit down with Ariel Hawani and they did about a 45 minute interview with him. Uh, and I have opinions on some of the things said, but one of the things that was said in this is that NXT will be going through a revamp. They're going to be making some changes. They're still going to have Paul back at the head, uh, but they're also going to have guys like Bruce Pritchard involved in other, other areas within this. What is the future for for these two gentlemen that just had a an incredible match of the year match. What what's the future look like with this revamp and rechanging of NXT? I
2: mean uh I don't know how much they'll be involved in. I mean they still are technically NXT UK. Oh sorry. Uh yeah I had a fly there. I tried to smash. So you hear my clapping. You're getting the
0: Dragonov and the Walter on that fly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I tried to. I tried to catch yeah. it. Uh, that was instinct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, because it's not the style they want, uh, you know, it's really hard to say. I mean, it, it. you need people who want to wrestle this style against each other, who are willing to take that kind of stiff shots. Because, uh, you know, you watch this match and you wonder if either one of them know what's supposed to be a work. Because seriously, you're not supposed to the, the whole idea of wrestler wrestling is to make it look like you're hitting hard without actually hitting hard. And these guys just hit hard, you know? Uh, so it's, I mean, anybody's got to, I mean, I think everybody loves Walter would love to see him on the main roster, including all the people in management, but you know, I mean, uh, they got to convince him as for Dragonoff, It's hilarious that this is a guy who is so good and, He's 5'10", 2'10", is what they listed him at, and I'm sure that's probably fairly close to his real uh, size and weight. Um, You know, I mean, the guy's in unbelievable condition. You look at him, uh, so intense, but he wouldn't match what they're looking for for NXT right now. He would not get technically signed. It makes you wonder, or at least hope, that they would look at this and go, okay, this is our rule. We need the 6'2", 220, or whatever. Uh, That's what we're looking for but we'll make exceptions if the talents are right. And it made sense that this is the match that really puts dragon off on the, on the radar, I think for a lot of people, because the reason he got signed in the first place was because of the match he had in one of the independents in the UK against, uh, against Walter. So uh, they're each other's best opponents and Walter's had some, what a great title reign he had, just an amazing title reign. So many great matches and, and the guy's awesome.
0: Um, it won't be recognized in the main roster.
2: I, you know, he's got, because of his size, he's got a chance on the main roster. Oh, he, he does have a chance. Allowed... His title reign won't be recognized though. Oh, his title reign won't be, no. Yeah. Uh, because it would break their their storylines to have a guy mm-hmm. who's, you know, had an 850 day title reign or whatever it was. And like, they don't recognize again,
0: the NXT titles because they took it away from Charlotte too, right? Charlotte's yeah, never NXT right. titles counted anymore.
2: Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, that's that's the thing about Walter, you know. I mean, he, he could make it on the main roster because of size, but he wouldn't be allowed to do what he did in this match. And I, I think they would love to get him in NXT for a while and train him to do the WWE style because he's obviously not getting that training in the UK or maybe he knows how to do it and they just they let him do his other style. But, yeah, I mean, if he's on the main roster, the reason why I don't think it's his push that would be the problem I think it's the fact that he wouldn't get over to the same degree because he wouldn't be allowed to do the same type of match. He'd have to, have to adjust to that WWE style. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of would ruin everything that makes him cool. Mm-hmm.
1: There is an allure to Walter. Just the presentation, everything about him just feels like a massive deal. And he's been presented great. In NXT, like I got to see his match against Pete Dunne in New York. Yes, you did, and it was fantastic. This is the last guy that held a title from when I was in New York. He finally dropped it. I've, <laughs> I've not. This, he's the last guy that I saw win a title. Uh, it's, and, and, you know, you you look at just the talent and just everything that these two were able to deliver, and I'm like, this is what I want. I want a melting pot of pro wrestling. I don't need the WWE style has a place uh, and it has a reason why it's there. And in certain areas, it absolutely works perfectly. But I want a melting pot. I want, I want you to be willing to just have different ways of doing things and letting some people just stand on their own. I'd love to see Walter and Brock. I think that would
0: be a fantastic match to watch. They beat the living shit out of each other, that's for sure. I think he'd make a good opponent for Bobby. You know, yeah. But obviously, we're gonna, we're, and we'll are we talk about Bobby in a bit here. But I think he'd make a, a great opponent for Bobby. So just an absolute banger of a match. And I'm sure come December, when we're talking about the year-end uh, show, and one way or another, this match will be at least mentioned uh, again. Um, next up, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, two out of three falls match. Kyle O'Reilly wins the first one, a traditional wrestling match with a roll-up pin. Then Adam Cole wins the street fight. And then Kyle O'Reilly wins the steel cage match via submission. And Kyle O'Reilly ends up winning this feud between him and Adam Cole. I thought it was a really good match. I think it kind of underwhelmed to what my expectations at least were. But I felt overall, good match between these two and exactly what you expect. But I feel like their match from Mania Takeover was kind of the pinnacle and for everything from there, we're just kind of adding on to this feud.
2: Uh, obviously the big story is, uh, you know, Cole losing. and What does that mean? And we'll get into yes. that. I'm sure at some point. Yes. As for the match itself, it was a good match. That said, it's probably the worst match I've ever seen with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. The level is so high that we expect from these two. And uh, the, the finish was a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, and the crowd was chanting b s afterwards and you know booing riley O'Reilly and uh giving mm-hmm. thumbs down and everything um, it, it's a very that i mean they worked really hard. it was you know stiff for still being w w e style um, very good match, but yeah, I think the expectations were so high and I agree if felt like this match like this feud should have ended months ago, you know um Uh, so so, i mean the only people i've ever seen russell over and over and over again that that i would go okay that's fine i'll watch it again because i could watch it a million times was aj styles versus chris daniels christopher daniels and and they're the only two that that i've never got sick of they you know i mean when you have people just the repetitive matches no matter how good it is you manage to make me care a little less and that's how i felt going into this match i just I couldn't get as excited as I should have been. And, you know, it was, and that party is probably is part of the reason why I'm like, eh, it was all right.
0: I mentioned to to Joel afterwards, it's the only feud I think of that we have seen in Ring of Honor, other independent sites, New Japan, and now in NXT slash WWE. And we'll probably eventually see it in AEW as well. And uh, I feel back to some well, of the Sammy ROH Zane stuff. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, yeah. Uh,
2: but did they do it in New Japan? Uh, not in New Japan, but they did it yeah. in, they did it in involved PWG as well. Uh, I think uh, PWG, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. In ROH, uh, they did it all over the place. Yeah. Just, you know, one of
0: the launch and feuds, but I agree. When you said Daniels and AJ, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it was AJ and Daniels. I was like, I'm in. And that's why, like, I look at Daniel's now retired. If AJ ever comes to, uh, to AEW, I'm like, come on, fallen angel. Dust those wings off one more time to face AJ. I'd watch um, yeah, him. Oh, yeah, I would too. But, yeah, like I said, I I agree to you more. And before we get to Joel's comments here, just I felt like this kind of peaked at mania and they were just kind of adding on and milking it from the teat, everything they could get. Joel? Uh, this was, I mean, the thing is, I, I think –
1: the ending felt very just flat. There's nothing to it that I felt built, built to that moment. It just kind of felt like, oh, here we are. It's happening now. Uh, I thought Kyle O'Reilly took a shit kicking the whole way through. Um, it, it's interesting because you're watching it and it's like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. But it's not like holy shit, holy shit, this is amazing. This they they just keep building and building and like I can't wait for the final end. This is supposed to be the big moment for Kyle O'Reilly, and it they don't really focus on Kyle O'Reilly. This makes me think, and I guess we're gonna get into this portion now. Is I feel like this is part of the reason why this felt the way it did is. Kylo, it's been confirmed by Fightful Select that Kyle O'Reilly has not, uh, not Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, I mean, Cole Adam, Adam Cole, Cole yeah. has not put uh, ink to pen, uh, ink to paper, and signed a new contract as of today with WWE. Uh, Josh, there was something that happened on SummerSlam with
0: Adam. What was that? Yeah, so you'll notice there was a point um, on the SummerSlam card where they were talking to previewing take takeover and Pat McAfee was like, "And I hope that rat Adam Cole and Michael Cole really cuts them off really quickly." And just from some of the stuff they were saying on post wrestling today, that that was something backstage that wasn't liked that they were mentioning Adam Cole or at least mentioned other wrestlers like that. I don't know if they have obviously their diagnosis of everything they have, but they didn't like Pat McAfee at the very least going off script and. The
1: the other thing that we've just seen is Adam Cole's shirts are now 40% off. Uh, I'm sure the Bucks have sent out a tweet about uh, a new bio, and their new bio is about ghosts, and we know what ghosts they're talking about. Britt Baker has sent out a tweet. Uh, I mean, I still get the inclination he's probably going back to WWE. Uh, I don't want to get my hopes up too high. We've been spoiled. (laughs) We've been spoiled as AEW fans uh but on the flip side there's a lot of things here that you kind of go you know that ending felt really flat for both guys and it felt like they didn't really give a whole lot to Kyle O'Reilly with the end and he got booed and they chanted BS and Adam Cole was just just done it didn't feel like a nice send-off for either guy and especially with the rumor of this be, it more or less being confirmed that this was Cole's last appearance in NXT. I mean, it felt like it had lacked uh, anything that would have been would have maybe give you more inclination that he had signed the company, and they got the inclination that he's coming back. I still think he's probably going to stay,
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> it's i i don't want to i don't want to seem to not think that at all
2: oh i mean i said this i mean i said this i think uh before to you guys uh, no i don't think it. i mean how much more do you need to see on the tea leaves to, to believe that he's leaving
1: i need to uh, see him on AEW. i need to see him on tnt or per you know, uh,
2: let's face it i mean th- th- there's been all this evidence that he's going for a while and more tonight. I mean, Mike Johnson from PW Insider said that this was his last match. So this confirmed that it was indeed his last match. Mike Johnson from PW Insider has been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's the one that uh, that uh, they they emailed from T- TNA. They broke the whole uh, Vince Russo's indeed working for them story because they thought they were emailing. I can't remember who it was who sent the email. might have been Dixie. Oh, or, that was
0: like, such a clusterfuck.
2: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> what they, happened they, with they that? They thought they were emailing Mike Tanay, and they yeah. emailed, <laughs> they emailed Mike Johnson and uh, they had promised Spike at the time that they would not work with Vince Russo anymore. And he was working with them and, and mm-hmm. he was able to publish the, the uh, email showing that they did. Uh, yeah. Mike Johnson has been at it for, for many, many years. So I, I, I trust him uh, not to mention uh, I just look at it and I go, well, um, he can enter a company with more momentum. He can make probably equal or greater money than he would on NXT. Uh, he's not going to get, if he goes to the main roster, he knows he's going to end up buried in bad creative. Uh, he, so he creatively, he, he would be better off. He's going to be with his girlfriend. He's got a bunch of fresh matches against great opponents. He's got his friends there. I mean, I just add up the checks, the checks, the checks on the one side, and then you add up the checks on the other side for him staying. And it's not even an even balance at all. Uh, so, I mean, I absolutely think he's coming to uh, AEW and it's going to be awesome. I hope I so. I don't think Pete Dunn is coming, by the way. I think Pete Dunn will resign. No. Oh, yeah. I, know, think... I don't think they'll lose both of these guys. I think I think Pete Dunn is likely to resign, but Adam Cole is definitely going.
1: See, so you're right on that one, Ward. So, now, if this, if this is... If this is the last date for Adam Cole. Uh and if you're Tony Khan and say he is coming into your company, does he show up on Wednesday?
2: Does I probably I probably wait one week. I, I do I think the, because all that. this is you already have CM Punk's first appearance. Yeah. So there's an argument to be made both ways. You know, the, you know you're going to get a good rating CM Punk's first appearance, this is a great time to, while the eyes are there to continue the momentum and debut Cole, but I think you can wait one week, uh, hint at somebody's coming, and there you go, I mean hey, we know that somebody's it, <laughs> I mean there's been hints that somebody else is coming besides Daniel Bryan and, uh, and or Brian Danielson we should say, gotta get used to that, and uh, mm-hmm. And CM Punk, and uh, I don't think it's brave. I mean, there's, I, uh, I mean, breaks is braced several months from now, so I think that the, the hints are there that Adam Cole's coming in, and yeah, I just wait one week. I, I don't wait too long. I, I try and capitalize on the momentum. That said, was today his last day, or was today his last match? I mean, we don't know the exact details of that contract.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm really curious to see, uh, and. Man, it's they're, they're going to have to hire an exorcist to bring this ghost back because it may come back to haunt the elite. Them, them using that monster energy drink just, it might bite them in the
0: ass, guys.
2: <laughs> I think he would join the elite, at least, part, at, least at first.
0: I said that too, Morton. I, I said the way I would book it is I'd have him screw over Christian. And then oh, at least you bad. have that. Yeah. Then you have the feud with Christian cage for a little bit here with uh, Cole and you can, Oh, and then you have him with the elite there, have some fun there. He's not just another guy Kenny can face. Cause you already have the list of Kenny stuff. You still have Paige page whenever he's off maternity leave, you have the Brian match that's rumored for full gear and pay and, and Cole is just there. Right. And you know, the, and him and, and Christian can fight over the impact championship or whatever. And those two can really go. So you don't have to do anything really crazy off the bat with Adam Cole and you have a good guy and Christian Cage, can be there and then have him in the background of the elite the entire time and build that feud up.
2: Yeah. I like that. I like that uh, transition from page to page. And you're laughing. I I think those are, you know, I mean, great momentum for the character. Plus we see him back on BTE, you know, Uh, I would, he was so good on there. They could use him. They could really use him right now that show is not as good as Sammy's vlog by not even by a long shot lately. Uh,
0: all right. So uh, I, I'm, I told Joe, like, I, I think you laid out a lot of the the signs there Morgan that. Like there is a lot of tea leaves. Part of me still wonders if maybe they can come to an agreement. If money does talk at the end of the day, if they just throw like a shit ton of money at him, maybe that'll change his mind. But I would say that the, the tea leaves do lead to him going to AEW. Um, next up, we have the main event of the evening. We have Samoa Joe returning to NXT taking on Carrion cross, and Samoa Joe pulls out a muscle buster by the way, which was exciting to see for the first time in a long time, and he becomes the first ever three time, three time, three time NXT champion Samoa Joe conquers and will go in as the champion to the new era of nxt how long will he hold it i would expect him to probably drop it before war games or at war games but nonetheless joe makes nxt history becoming the first three-time champion love seeing joe get the championship and now Carrion is off to focus mainly on the main roster thoughts opinions this was fine
1: this was fine it was there it was there uh i'm happy for joe uh, Cross, I wish him the best of luck on that main roster uh, Hopefully he has, he has some sort of success there uh, Joe is a transitional champion and we're going to kind of see where they want things to go with NXT uh, moving forward with whoever beats Samoa Joe I think that's this match was fine, uh, but I'm interested to see in who's who's next up at. and yeah. I have no idea who they're going to pick
2: Sadly, watching this, Samoa Joe is not what he used to be. No. Um, I think that's obvious. And that, that was sad for me to see. Because the guy has, um, you know, defied injuries in the past and defied age in the past. But he was blown up. Uh, he was a step slow. Uh, just didn't look himself. And, and this is, I think, the, as good as he can look. Uh, I'm I'm not 100% convinced he didn't get concussed one more time when he threw that uh, elbow through the middle ropes that he throws, but instead hit his mm. hit him with the shoulder because Cross goes out of position. Right. Um, you know I I just don't. Yeah, that that it was a, too bad that that's the way this pay per view went off because I mean I'm watching this pay per view I'm thinking this really makes me want them to not change this era. You know, I'm enjoying this show. It's reminding me of NXT back when it was was hot. You know, uh, this match K- Cross isn't that good. Joe had it was a step behind. Uh, I don't know who the next guy is, but I think they're going to get that belt off Joe pretty damn quick. Uh, either way, so we'll see. I mean, it would not surprise me if it's Walter. Hmm,
0: interesting. And do you did- get me wrong though? Do you do
1: like just an angle where he he beats the ever-loving hell out of Joe and you do Brock and Cena, but with Walter and Joe?
2: I think he just, uh, personally, I think he just, just the idea of them standing next to each other and saying that's the next challenger I think is enough. Yeah. And and to tell you the truth, that's a guy that Joe probably still, he doesn't need to do all his old stuff like he tried to do tonight. Um, All he needs to do is have a stiff match like he had against Kenta Kibashi. In our in a five star match, uh, the you know, just have a a stiff match with him and just hit each other hard but in safe places, please. And uh, you know, I mean, but then again, Walter, if you're a guy who's been had concussions, as the rumor is that Samoa Joe has had, uh, I don't know if you want to wrestle a guy as stiff as Walter, but uh, he probably does. Uh, so I just think that makes sense, uh, though that might be a way that they can kind of transition walter into being in north america maybe convince him that he wouldn't still have to be here all the time because uh, it's nxt but uh, and then nxt is going to tape shows mind you uh you know much to the chagrin of usa network so i think it makes a lot of sense for it to be walter for now
1: yeah i think i i think that makes a lot of sense i think that makes a lot of sense i agree
0: uh And I agree, Joe was a little bit slower, but at the end of the day, it was still nice to see him. I was really happy to see him muscle buster again, and this is probably the last big moment, maybe, of Joe's career, potentially.
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I have a soft spot for Joe. Yeah, we all do, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, you mentioned AJ and Daniels. (laughs) That's exactly where my head goes from there, Mm
2: -hmm. is uh,
0: that triple threat, which is still one of the craziest matches I've ever seen.
2: One of the best, probably the best three-way match I've ever seen. Yeah, it's unbelievable.
0: So that's NXT TakeOver. Just uh, a much different uh, show than the one we're about to talk about that happened last night. And uh, unfortunately, probably the, maybe the last of its kind.
1: Yes, I, from the way the, this Nick Khan interview, some of the things said, I think things are changing
2: and All right, you got to fill me in more on this interview.
1: So uh, within the interview, it's about 45 minutes. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, one thing that I like to preference is uh, you can tell Ariel Hawani is definitely a WWE employee and knows where his bread is buttered. So I feel like the throughout the interview, it's not asking any cardball questions. And he has a personal relationship with Nick Khan as well. Uh, so I think both of those kind of, dictate the parameters of what the interview was going to be to begin with. Uh, But Nick Kong talks, uh, they talk about not wanting that they they've gone the independent wrestler route uh, and they really don't want to go the independent. They've already got guys from the independents. Now they want to go find the athletes that they can bring in the, uh, the freak athletes from basketball, football, wrestling, like legit wrestling, Um, which I, I have my opinions on things like that. Uh, what else did Nick Khan say? He, he had said a few things. I'd gone through and I, uh, I had gone through. He talked and he had said that uh, 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 just based on the profits that they make from TV, they'd be, they'd be more than happy to have Raw go four hours and SmackDown go eight hours because it would mean that they're making more money. I think that kind of shows his mindset and WWE's mindset where it's not about the quality of the product as much as how much money they can make. Um, they, they talked about the re re uh, NXT and revamping it and it will be led by Triple H and Paul Levesque. Um, and he said, uh, and it, in the, I believe they talked about, uh, he cleared up the sale rumor and basically said they, they weren't really for sale. Um, that it was. Uh, they're open for conversations, but they're not open for. Uh, there's no no internal conversations currently about a sale. Uh, uh, when asked about the number of releases this year, when something's a disaster, I want all the credit. When it hits, I want none of the credit. If I if I'm blamed for what fans don't like, that's good by me. So he's willing to take the heat for things going on. And he said that uh, within the cuts, there were several factors that went into the cuts that had happened and basically said that uh, they were looked at a number of factors. And one of the factors that they looked at was uh, who moves the needle and who doesn't. And one of the last lines within the statement was uh, uh, we're, we're WWE has always been like racehorses. We have the blinders on our eyes, We're never looking to the sides because that's how a horse breaks its legs. We're always running forward. We're heading towards the the present and the future. We never are going back. We never dip to the past. We're always looking forward. And that's kind of the cliff notes of all the major things that have come from it.
2: If The Fiend and Bray Wyatt didn't, you know, uh, move the needle, then why was he on the SummerSlam poster from one year ago? You know, featured as the main person. Braun um, and shirts. Yeah. Like, what? Iconics. No way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, you know. W, that sounds like a, a bit of a spin, as you would expect from him.
1: Yeah. This, this was definitely... Uh, I don't think that these were a lot of how can I put this? This is more of a, this is my businessman. This is my business answers. And I felt that times Hawani would ask questions and then he would spin it around and ask Hawani a question and then kind of answer certain, certain parts of the question, but pick and choose how he wanted to answer. It was very interesting hearing him speak because we've talked so much about the guy and now you've heard him speak and you kind of get another idea. It's, this is definitely they're not focused on the pro wrestling aspect of anything. They're not focused on the people. They're focused on profits and making the most money
0: possible. Yeah. I, uh, I saw it from twofold of side of things. As far as answering it as a business person, I guess I'm going to, I'm trying to, you know, put myself into their shoes, even though I don't agree with their answers. As far as it from a business side of things, I guess I can, uh, but outside of the, the Strowman and the Bray thing, I'm like, okay, I guess I kind of get where you're coming from minimally, not very much as a business person, but it's also like you never gave those people the opportunity though to really push the needle, right? Because of the way that you book things, like the Iconics, you can't tell me that if you you just gave up on them, you you did the breakup and then you gave up on them. You can't tell me Mickey James doesn't push the needle because she's one of the greatest women's talents you ever had. Mickey wanted to do... A uh, a, tr- a Trish match And they said it wouldn't draw For like a reunited match At, at <laughs> the original Evolution the, Remember because I think Bliss was supposed to face um, Trish right So Mickey said well let me face Trish Like no no one cares about that anymore No one cares And That's you know what so one of the of highest you know what the highest rated uh, on the network thing is that Mickey said they gave her the numbers, but they never gave anyone else the numbers. Those, uh, those, um, that rivalry or the like, the unwritten kind of documentaries they do in the network. One of the the highest rated one of those is Mickey and of Trish, because people love that feud,
2: and even WWE and, Untold. You mean?
0: Yeah, Untold. Yeah, and even look at the first Royal Rumble when they first kind of they spot each other at the end of that Royal Rumble, the crowd. If you went in that women's Royal Rumble and you go to the biggest pops, that's one of the top five pops in that entire Royal Rumble is when Trish and Mickey look at each other. So you can't tell me that Mickey James doesn't pull the needle. You can't tell me that the Iconics didn't. You never gave them the full opportunity to give them the opportunity to, to do that. Strowman, you butchered. Bray, we, we, we already know that. I mean, Joel has a fucking Vision Man puppet in his house right now because of what Bray Wyatt did. So I
2: look at they're I mean, chanting for Bray. I mean, the fact is... that the, They, they took not, a sign from... They confiscated yeah, they Bray the Wyatt's signs. Wow. Yeah, apparently the guy didn't want to give it up, but eventually did. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're taking away Bray Wyatt's signs that people are chanting for Bray. Why? I mean, think about it. He had terrible matches, terrible feuds. Uh, people hated most of what he was doing, but they respect the guy. They know it's not his fault. They know it's their fault. They know that, and that's, uh, you know, you have to wonder if the guy, when the guy gets the opportunity to be creative without having to go through this machine that messes everything up. Uh, you have to wonder, you know, what is he gonna do? I mean, I'm so anxious to see it.
1: The one of One of the other things that I look at from one of these comments is We don't want indie guys. We already have enough indie guys. And I go, okay, you gotta, you gotta, it's, it's like any other good sports team it's asset management and looking how you can add into your assets and go and look at the landscape and go, there's some indie guys we can take here. That will be great to have that we can, we can bring into our system and we can make things work. We've got guys over here, uh, uh, this, this athlete, uh, an Olympic wrestler, we've got this basketball player then we can pull in and maybe we'll get something from them. But we have, we always have these guys that were professional wrestlers to begin with that know the basics. We're not training them from scratch that we can build upon and it just asinine. It's horrible business practice. It's so short-sighted to go. We only want from this pool. We're not going to take, the Wheeler Utah's. We're not going to take the Daniel Garcia's because we need to find our own and build our own. It's terrible business practice. And they're going to probably curtail that. And they're probably going to go back to taking some indie guys uh, within a little bit here, because I, I will bet dollars to donuts that they're thinking, well, we can just create that OVW class that had Randy, Cena, Batista, and Brock. Or we can create the class that had Carlito, MVP, uh, Masters, Masters, and we can use we can use those guys,
0: and that we'll, we'll always just be able to create these classes because we're well, WWE. By the way, sorry to interrupt there, Joel. Because Chris Masters, I told you, I don't know if you know this, Morton. Chris Masters is a Lakers reporter now. I don't know if you knew that, Morton. He I works with the Lakers. That.
2: That's interesting. Yes, I do talking, know. I know Carlito was at the backstage at. Uh, was it the last dynamite or the one before that? Mm. recently
0: and and let, me let you get back to your point Joel uh Masters was told that after like you know he, he'd done his stuff and done his stuff and i like, hits just your point Joel that after like we well, you like your look but you can't wrestle why can't you wrestle
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable it's unbelievable so you, and consider yeah. how much better he got before he got cut well yeah
0: that that you know you go back but to it's that not his thing. fault he couldn't wrestle no, go back to that Please. punk promo when in the summer of punk when he's like, Why did you cut Chris Masters? He got better. Anyways, Joel, you had your point. And I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Uh, like you you go through and you look at this and you
1: hear comments like this, and you go, if I'm an Adam Cole and I haven't signed anything, and you hear this, you're like, Why am I gonna want to come here? Because here's the thing. Here, here, here's the one of the other things is you look at the top end talent for WWE. And you look at Roman Reigns. Where did he come from? Well, he came from a football background, but he also his family. So he was kind of born into the business and that kind of led him here. Uh, So you've got that where he he, it's not just you plucked. You found this random Edmonton elk and plucked him from there and was like, he'll be a star kid. Uh, There is a background there. Drew McIntyre, the only reason Drew McIntyre works today is because he became Drew Galloway and wrestled everywhere and really learned and honed his craft and came back and became the Drew McIntyre that we know now. Bobby Lashley would not be where Bobby Lashley is without going to Impact. He would not be able to be the person that he is. I mean, you look at McIntyre and you look at uh, Lashley, both those guys... I don't know if they left around the same time, but both those guys had a little bit of rises and then they came down and then they were nothing. They weren't being used. And then they had to go away, work other territories and then come back. And then like, oh, now you're good enough to be used. And it took freaking forever to do something with Bobby Lashley. Uh, I mean, you look at arguably their biggest star, uh, female performer, Becky Lynch. You looked at how much she worked on the independents and she retired. From professional wrestling, she retired as a wrestler, and then she came back, and then she wrestled. But she was never their darling pick in NXT, and she was never the darling pick on WWE. It wasn't until she forced them to flip the script and go, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is there's money here. I guess we, I guess we begrudgingly have to follow this money now." Darn it, this isn't what we wanted. Uh, Sasha Banks had an independent run. And she was being used CM Punk, CM Punk had the biggest reaction out of anyone in the last 15 years. And you can talk about his run in WWE, but Punk, the the reason Punk is where he is, is he was an independent wrestler. He worked his way through the system in WWE, almost broke through. They didn't want him to break through. Realistically, the guy, I felt like they undercut his his run as champion, and they did that quite well. Uh, And then he disappeared for seven years, and then that legend grew, and then that led to this moment with CM Punk in Chicago that is a moment I'll never forget. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, was another guy that was an independent pro wrestler that broke through and forced them to let him break through like you shouldn't be sitting there going well we, we've had enough independent guys we have the Seth Rollins and the Kevin Owens the Sami Zayn's. we don't need anything else like you should be sitting there going this is the single best company in pro wrestling sports entertainment whatever the hell you want to call it this is the marquee spot. The best of the best are here. The top end talent are here. And saying that statement says we only want certain top talent. We only want certain people here. And it's a mistake. And it is it, it hurts WWE long term. Because I would be shocked if they were able to pluck out and find like five Brock Lesnar's in a crop of like 20, yeah, probably 50, 50, 60 athletes that they're going to sign and and all these top end athlete talents. It's 2021. Not all of them are going to be like, well, geez, I blew my knee out. So now I want to be a pro wrestler. No, they're going to have other avenues. They're going to have other ways to make money. There's dozens of ways to make money now. So it's not going to be, well, jolly willigers, I guess I got to go be a pro wrestler. Like you have so much competition for these freak athletes that you're, you're clamoring for. And who's going to train these guys? Who's going to teach these guys the, the little nuanced things that Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, uh, Roderick Strong, Kushida, Pete Dunn, Adam Cole, that they've learned by working on the independence. You look at Ray's son. I've, I'm, I'm more believing that Ray's son will never even come close to the legacy of his father. Now, his father's legacy is massive. That's a massive shadow to be in. But I think the thing that hurts Dominic is he didn't get to go work the world. He didn't get to learn all the little things that you learn. You read Daniel Bryan's book, you read the Young Bucks Bucks book, and you read what they learned from traveling the world. You're going to have guys that are just going to be bland season guys that are just going to be able to work the wwe way and i mean we've seen it with charlotte in the past when things don't go the way they're planned she struggled she struggled with the Kyrie sane situation so i just this is a bad idea and this hurts the development of any of these great talent that you find, because if you're just taking in the best talent possible and building the best roster possible, then the guy, these freak athletes that you bring in are just going to learn and just going to be better. Brock Lesnar is probably better from working with Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle was someone that they were able to pick up, drop into pro wrestling, and learn it really quickly. But you look at the... Uh, the trails that Eddie and Benoit blazed that helped Brock become Brock Lesnar. And now you're basically saying, well, we can just find these guys willy nilly and they're just going to be fantastic. And we're going to make money. I'm my, my rant's over.
0: Welcome to Joel's Ted talk.
2: (laughs) I have to say for every Brock Lesnar, there's 10 Daniel Rottermeier's.
0: Or Mason Ryan's. Yeah, exactly. Or Heidenreich's. I, I will say, like, the one thing I'm kind of interested in is specifically in the, uh, the urban community, you know, a lot of my African-American friends and former ballers, like, I think this is going to set an outlet for them because that community is a community that really is getting more and more into wrestling. Some of those former NBA players will have that outlet. You've seen a lot of more of the connection in the NBA with the WWE a lot. I I mentioned the name Ennis Cantor to you. I know he's someone that's been really interested in getting to the avenue of wrestling. I I don't mind the idea of getting younger talent there. And Morton and I talked about this at the Royal Rumble, right? Younger talent is the right way to go about it. And if you're going to find, you know, talent in other areas, that works. Bianca Belair was someone that was a track athlete and they found her. So I on the whole of it all, I don't find it that bad of a, an idea. Um, the indie talent, obviously, is really important. So I, I'm mixed on the reaction to all of this. I think on the whole, getting younger is a, it's an absolute blitz because the overall age of this company right now is in dire straits. They definitely need to get younger. That is a number one thing that this company needs to do is to get younger. And as far as finding those other athletes, like you know, Morten just said, like it's, you, I don't know if you'd be really aiming for the Brock Lesnar type, but if you find some of those special athletes out there and you can get them up to the next level, we'll, we'll see where everything goes. I'm not trying to be optimistic about anything, but I am saying at the very least, the one thing I'm optimistic about is that they have realized they need to get younger because that is a number one with the bullet thing that they need to do is get younger.
2: Well, I mean, what they need to do then is find the, the young talent that's on the independents and sign them uh, yeah. because we see... We see the with the Daniel Garcia, you know, uh, we see how quickly AEW spots that talent and brings them in. They're
0: going to fucking do Tough Enough again. You know it's happening. Oh, God. You know it's fucking happening.
2: It's only good when Steve Austin, you know, asks somebody what their favorite match
0: is. And they say it's what, Melina and Alicia Fox?
2: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> From, like, main event? Uh yeah, something like that, yeah. yes. And he goes, What? What? Huh? And Alicia Fox, what? What are you talking about, son? <laughs> what kind of damn matches are you watching? Of all the matches, that's the one you pick?
0: Goddamn, son.
2: <laughs> well done. Thank
0: you. Uh, all right. Well, uh, great point by you, Joel. So there is uh, the, the latest in the Nick Con interview. Go check that out with Ariel Hawani. And as Joel mentioned, too, Ariel like Hawani, BT's board partnership with WWE. Ariel Hawani the ringer partnership with wwe and nikon arahawani's former agent so obviously there's going to be there I, I think the biggest question before we move on to SummerSlam really quick he didn't ask him why what is your relationship as you see these other companies opening up and having partnerships where does wwe fall into that and that question was never asked and that's the number one question i would ask right now
2: hmm, very interesting
0: yeah that's a good that's point. that would be my question and saying like okay, you guys don't consider AEW competition, but as you see more and more talent go there, how do you guys feel about that going? And he's going to give you some bullshit answer, but I want to kind of see on that of, and you know, you see AEW, they're beating you in the demo. So I know you say they're on competition, but if they're beating you in the 18 to 49 demo, obviously they're taking some of the audience that you have in this key demo for a younger demographic that obviously does matter and put you into a sense of competition if they're beating you in the key demo. Maybe they're not beating you with 2 million viewers that SmackDown has. But even in that demo that SmackDown has, Dynamite has beaten SmackDown in the demo. And that demo is a very important demo because those 18 to 49 fans, and especially the, I think they're 18 to 30, even like the 18 to 22, those are some of the people that are going to be following your product and grow and start chasing it around. Some of those other people that are in the age range that I am or more than are that are on the older side. We're going to pay for you and watch Never. We're lapsed. We're, we're, we're stuck in this bullshit, right? It, we're, we're here. But at the end of the day, those younger crowds that they're going to AW and you know all the stuff that happened with Punk this week and people that I know that were Lapsed Attitude Era fans that Tony said that we wanted to get back, it took a while. But this was the first time I talked to a lot of those people this week. They kind of dipped their toe into the pool and were like, huh, the crowd's really fun some of the matches are really fun and all the wrestlers seem like they're having fun. I think I might stay around here for a little bit. And you have something like dark that it, maybe it's not the PC center. Maybe their, their power plant isn't the PC. They don't have the money that the PC has, but guys like Lee Johnson and everything they've done with that side, they've done a better job than WWE has so far of growing those talents and having them. Lee, Lee, Lee Johnson is a freak athlete that they have turned around. Cool. So the,
1: there's one other point I want to go to. I, it's, it's another version of the rant. So one of the things that Nick Khan talked about was having Bruce Pritchard, head of creative and John Laurinaitis being in the decision wheel for helping make these decisions on the cuts and having, having those two guys and Kevin Dunn being involved in the cuts and Stephanie McMahon being involved, and Hunter being involved, and ultimately the buck stops with Vince. But when you have John Laurinaitis be in charge of your talent and deciding who stays and who goes, and deciding to say that A.J. Lee was unfuckable, and that's why you're not getting pushed, because none of the higher management think, and the fans don't think you would want to sleep with you. And it's like, that's not a good person to have deciding who we push and who we let go. It's very bad. It's very, very bad. And it's very slimy and it's very gross. And it's not someone I would want to have in that position at all. And Kevin Dunn, if memory serves me, did not like Becky Lynch's accent and didn't think she would work because she had a freaking accent. And then you hear the pop that she got on Saturday. And you go, hmm. I think I don't think anyone really cares about her accent. That's that's the other part of my rant. You, they're they're screwed. They're screwed.
2: I don't know how well, we went uh, from talking about I don't know yeah. how we went from talking about a pretty darn good uh, NXT takeover to let's bury the hell out of WWE. Though, well, we're about uh, to do more of
0: that, so let's get to SummerSlam.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say real quick, apparently the Rampage rating could be as high as a 0. 0.46 in the key demo. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that was the early numbers. That's just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see the actual rating. By
0: the way, the WWE Twitter kind of hinted at the Lockjaw position, by the way. Uh, just for what it's worth. I'll send you I'll send you When Rachel. Adam Cole
2: used that, yeah, that was a pretty cool hey. shout-out.
0: Yeah, they did, and they and they hinted at it on the WWE Twitter. So, anyways, let's get to SummerSlam. As I said, we recorded this podcast yesterday, but there's some technical difficulties. We'll try to run through it. You won't get as many of the takes that we had, but uh, we'll have some of the more information of stuff that came out prior. So, there's that. Uh, Biggie and Baron Corbin. This was really a nothing match. Biggie gets the briefcase back. They kind of explain that it's not. It was his property, anyways. But they kind of go on the whim of what they want to go with. So. Not bad on that side. That at least Biggie got the title back, the briefcase back. Thank
1: God. That's all I have to say on it. Thank God he got the briefcase back. Because they could single-handedly killed that gimmick by having Corbin yeah. cash in.
0: I, I will say I don't like Baron Corbin in the ring, but I do like this character because he's done a very good job with it. I will give him credit for that for the character it's itself. Fairly
2: entertaining. He's yeah. done a
0: good job with the character. The character is entertaining. I I will say that he has he has done a good job with the character. So I you give credit where credit's due. Uh, RK Bro, they win the tag team titles against AJ and Almost after Randy Orton hit an RKO one to AJ. Um, great job there. As the crowd was obviously over with uh, RK Bro, they love them. Uh, the problem is, and <clears throat> I think you know the. We're going to see, I think, 90% of these matches are either going to be, you know, they happen today, or they're going to be matches that happen on the Saudi show or rematches mainly at Extreme Rules. And I think this is one of them. Like, Ra is definitely lacking in tag team talent. And as much as we want to see AJ go do his singles run, that also means that almost gets to do his singles run, which I think all of us are dreading a lot more and aren't prepared for. But I'm assuming at this point that we're not going to go see the Viking Raiders and They're not going to face New Day. Maybe Morrison and Miz potentially could be their opponents, but I'm assuming you're just going to see AJ and Almos against RK-Bro at Extreme Rules. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be shocked if they win the titles back and then we start the breakup even then. Comment from either one of you? uh, uh, Riddle's
1: a very bright bright star for Raw. He's clearly over. Uh, The speaking out be damned uh he's there they're moving forward with him and it seems like that's getting further and further in the rear view window whether that's right or not is a whole other conversation but as of right now he's he's your raw tag team champion uh i really want aj back as a singles guy i'm i'm willing to take almost as a, a singles guy but I, I want aj to have some matches he's he's very good and i i'd like to see him still go and do some singles matches please that's what i'm ordering
2: um you know the match was fine uh right team went over i i you're, i agree i could see them uh losing the titles of extreme rules back to aj and almost uh, i don't want to see almost in single matches i mean he's protected well in tag matches especially when it's a great worker like aj maybe you can find somebody else so aj can go have some single matches yeah it's, you know, pretty much uh, uh, repeating what you guys said. So let's move on.
0: Let us move on. We go to Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie. There's not a lot to go with here. Uh, Bliss picks up the match. Uh, there really was no need for this match. You could have had this match on Monday Night Raw tomorrow because that's what it felt like. It just felt like a standard Raw match. Um, I guess disappointed or just weird that you know Eva beats her with the Lily doll, but you don't do any of the voodoo or any of the freaky stuff if you're going to do it go all out with it. That's the part, that's the part of it. I didn't really understand. It's yeah, it's not the greatest thing, but you've set it up. So go all out for it. If you're going to do it, Eden, you know, and yes, we probably would have complained about it, but it's almost worse if you're not going to do it because you've done all the stuff building up from all the raws to here with the Lily coming up, like she's the undertaker to doing the blinking and all that you set it up and then Eva beats her with the doll and nothing really happens. The, so that was a little bit weird to me. I guess the highlight of it is, it's just really the breakup with Eva and Piper Nevin. I refuse to say the other name because it's really degrading. So I'm not going to say the other name for what they've given to Piper. Uh, and hopefully that will be her name come back out on Monday Night Raw, but they're probably going to stay with the terrible degrading name that they gave to Piper. I'm
1: surprised that the breakup happened so quickly,
0: but yeah. you know, here we are and we're moving forward. You uh, think they were de- mean about AJ Lee, Joel?
1: And the poor Piper, you, you have all the wrong people there for her. And it's gonna, I, I hope that she has a good experience.
0: I really do. I Piper, really, by the way, is a gorgeous, beautiful woman. Not that, that should matter, but she is. And I'm sure there's gonna be some really terrible things to come out from Kevin Dunn and Vince and some of the producers in the next few months here. Whenever she does get an inevitable release, it isn't pushed. She's a gorgeous, beautiful woman. Just want to state that on here from all of us here one fall there's yeah i I agree yeah i'm i'm very
1: i'm very nervous about what what her experience is going to be i hope it's good i really do she doesn't deserve any any of the like can't we move past like what aj lee had to go through hopefully we have dude
0: did you hear what the virtuosa they said the virtuosa was chunky
2: oh oh god you mean this is why I you. think Raquel Marca... Gonzalez isn't being brought to the main roster still? <clears throat>
1: oh man, you mean the the woman that is the Impact Women's Champion and Triple A Champion as well? They didn't like her; that she was. Oh, <sighs> oh
0: this company. Let's Green. I get because she's kind of getting on my last nerve. She has an excuse for everything. Man. <laughs> I she she's kind of annoying me a little bit I, I will say Chelsea Green's kind of annoying me she does complain about everything All nothing's right. her fault
1: and notwithstanding the Chelsea Green stuff I it's that's mind-boggling to say I don't that does not compute in
0: my brain I, I literally does not work well, let's focus on the match then. Any any thoughts, Joel? Other than like I said, just kind of a raw match. It was it was it was there. It happened. It was weird that they didn't
1: do more with uh, Alexa Bliss, but maybe they're getting cold feet. Maybe they're they're bored of it already. They seem to get bored with stuff really easily. So maybe it was.
0: Do you do either? You think they'll revert back because of the Bray chance and start reverting her back to being just normal Bliss?
1: I don't think we'll even get a revert back. I think it'll just randomly happen with no explanation, and then that'll be that.
2: I don't see Gordon. it happening anytime soon. No. I think that they're, they're just... I, I, they've always loved a voodoo character. I mean, mm-hmm. Vince loves it back from, back from Papa Shango on, you know. Mm-hmm. Put, with supernatural characters, he loves it.
0: They're so... just lucky Mark Calloway and Glenn Jacobs are talented. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. exactly. Yeah, because if they weren't, then... They got lucky with their, like, Mick Foley, Glenn Jacobs, and Mark Calloway are all very talented people. I'm not saying The Godfather isn't, but he just wasn't, you know, good enough to get the Papo Shango characters to the right level. But luckily, you had Mark Calloway and Glenn Jacobs, and to a degree, Foley, that were all super talented people. And Bliss is, too. It's just that this also has to do with creative, and Bray was a big part of all of it. Um, all right, next up, we have a new national champion. Oh,
2: well, I just in, want to say uh, the match yeah. itself. Yeah. sucked yeah the very opening segment where bliss charges at or where even marie charges at bliss and they do this segment where she rolls out of the ring missing her it was so fake looking it was one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life in a in a wrestling match
0: eva is really good at taking back bumps because i swear that's all she practices
2: hmm. otherwise she awful. does
0: yeah like everything out, like she can do she can do a back bump but that's like wrestling 101 that's the stuff you learn on day one and that's like whenever you see her training with kendrick that's the thing you see is see i can take i can wrestle i can take back bumps I'm like yeah i would hope so that's what everybody can do <laughs> like frick if i taught my dog how to do a back bump she could probably do one brinkley um,
1: for the
0: world champion brinkley for the world champion um Next up, we have uh, the United States, soon to be the national championship. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, it's Damian Priest beat Sheamus. Uh, you know, I love what they did for the entrance with Priest. They really put him over that way. Uh, they've, he's been one of the few talents that has come from NXT and has had a decent push so far. Obviously, the Bad Bunny match was phenomenal at WrestleMania. He's kind of lingered a little bit since then, but now they put the title on him. We'll see how the run goes. I thought Sheamus was a pretty good United States champion. Uh, you know, a little bit of repetitive with the Humberto and the ricochet matches all the time, but nonetheless had good matches with those uh, competitors there and uh, happy to see priest get the title and uh, see where he goes to move forward. And it was a really good match between the two of them.
1: I, I enjoyed this match. Go I, I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, I thought this was a, an enjoyable match. Uh, you know, Priest is on the older side. Just, just just, go with it. Run with it. He did really well in the Bud, Bud, Bad Bunny situation. Not that Bud, Bad Bunny was an issue at all, because I thought he did really well. Uh, you know, just, just keep running with it. I think he's over with the audience. He's got a nice entrance. He has a nice look. He's different. Just run with it. Uh, I thought Sheamus was good in this match. This was a stiff match, and... I thought both guys
0: did, did a good job. Priest is 39 next month.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem here. Uh, he's 39 years old next month. Wow, that's crazy. But they're doing everything right with him. The match yep. itself was was exceeded my expectations. They're doing everything right with him. Let's see if he can become that new Latin star that they've been looking for for years to replace Rey Mysterio.
0: I, I like the promo that he cut after about the, the projects in New York that we're from. And, you know, th- those promos are just so easy. Like this doesn't happen to where I come, but you know, the highlight of it obviously was our new summer fest of yeah. Tiffany Haddish calling the championship, the national championship.
2: It's good to see him win the national title.
0: I'm, you know? Like I'm really happy. Like the national title is just, you know, had a little bit of an up and down run since Cena's had it, but you know, we, I'm glad to have a new national champion.
1: <laughs> uh, by
0: the way, Morton was telling the story the other day on the pod about how you still call it Summerfest.
2: We still, yeah. I mean, me and Addy from uh, we talk wrestling when we text or whatever. <laughs> I'll say, so what do you think will happen at the Summerfest? Because <laughs> Bret Hart used to call it the SummerSlam, so yeah. we combine right. those. We combine those two things: Jeremy Piven and his mix-up with uh, Bret Hart and his unique way of uh, describing SummerSlam and, and still have a lot of fun with it. It's the best.
0: Uh, next up, we have the SmackDown Tag Championships. The Usos, they defeat the Mysterios and 1050 in this one. Uh, and the, uh, the Usos will go on. It looks like they're probably face the Street Profits. A uh, little bit of trivia here for you, Morton, because I told Joel about this. Did you know that Dominic Mysterio is the same age as MJF?
2: What? Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, they are going younger. I mean, they got uh, Goldberg's son.
0: Dominic's 24. Yeah, that's crazy. It makes me feel really old because <laughs> he's still like this little kid of, with Ray going, Dominique, no.
2: You're my uh, puppy, Dominic. Poor Dominic. Uh, you know, I mean, no neither storyline got advanced. Uh, no. As far oh. as the breakup of either team in this match, no. so, uh, I think these guys. This was the seventh match in a row, apparently. It uh, was in some in some fashion that these two have faced each other. So no wonder yeah. I'm over it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see it done. Um, Ray apparently doesn't want to feud with his son. He yeah, blame him. Yeah, uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But you stole Thunder. Ray, I think that's what Joel wanted to Ray say. Ray really looks green more and more. You see him Russell, the more and more he gets exposed as being really green. And uh, that's, uh, you know, I mean, it's not saying that he should be, have gone to NXT. Maybe he should have gone to the independents. Okay, good. Joe. Joel?
1: I I I think he absolutely should uh, should have got uh, some more experience. I think he would have benefited greatly, and I think the cachet of him being uh, Ray's kid would have protected him from bad booking, uh, people trying to take advantage of him. Because I don't think anyone in the wrestling community would want to piss off Ray Mysterio, and I feel like that would be just a really poor choice to make. Uh, this match was fine; uh, it was good for what it was, but. You got to start getting fresher matchups uh, and you got to start putting in the work for, for Dominic. You got to start developing him.
0: I I agree with you. I think, you know, you look at McIntyre, he became Drew McIntyre because he became Drew Galloway. There's a million other examples of that. I think Dominic needs to travel the world and have that experience because I don't think in the capacity he's in right now, he's going to get that, you know, he's, he's had the best training he could get. He's had Conan. He's had Lance. He's had his own father, who's the greatest luchador of all time. He's had Jay Lethal. So you can't get much better than that talent of roster to teach you to be a pro wrestler. But I do feel like there's nothing like the other experience that he's going to get. And I don't feel like the company is ever going to put Ray, like we're not going to see Ray face Nakamura for the IC title. That's not going to happen. I mean, Dominic face Nakamura for the IC title. Like that's just not going to happen. So I don't know. I don't know what the what the ceiling is for Dominic right now.
2: Yes, I don't know. I, I, he's not super charismatic, is the thing. You know, he's really not. Like that's the, thing. the daughter was. Yeah, the daughter was. Yeah, he's yeah. a fairly he's fairly good athlete, not spectacular, but not bad. Uh, not super charismatic, and he's definitely hampered by the fact that he has to do the WWE style. You know, mm-hmm. and he gets the WWE is really really lacking in their in their. Um finishes. I mean, I mean, we saw this exact same finish in this match as we saw a month ago. You know? Uh, yeah, they're they're really lacking in the finishes. That's really hurting for someone like Dominic, too. You know, there's just no inventiveness there.
0: No, there really isn't. All right. Our next matchup is Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Here we go um so this uh you know all week we started off last saturday when we had uh, heard that sasha and belair were not on the house shows and they weren't on the sunday house shows then we get to monday Night raw matches advertised so everyone's like okay doesn't really have a second thought i guess it's gonna happen we move on we get to friday night smackdown in the haze of cm punk and everything like that sasha's not a smackdown but not a lot of people are talking about it because punk and the terrible gimmick that was added to the roman match That was added, so no one really focuses too much on Sasha not being there as the wrestling community. And then we get to Saturday, and in the pre-show, they're running video packages about Sasha and Belair. They're previewing it on the desk with Rosenberg and Lawler and all those people. Then we get to this match. We get the video package again. Belair comes out, and Greg Hamilton says, guess what? No Sasha Banks in appearance. No reason why, and we still don't have a reason why From Meltzer, Mike Johnson, Sean Rossab, Wade Keller, John Pollock, any of them. And so we have Carmella come down. And the crowd is not thrilled about that, to have Carmella come down to the ring. And Belair looks distraught that Sasha can't be in this, that she's going to dust her off later on, ready to take on Carmella. Out comes Becky Lynch to a huge, huge pop. And... Takes care of Carmella. I've kind of, in some ways, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Carmella. She was just kind of dusted off properly. Uh, Becky challenges Belair to a match. Belair agrees. Cheap shot from Becky after a handshake pin. Twenty-seven seconds. That's the end of the match, and that's all we've been really talking about of the SummerSlam pay per view. And uh, you can't help but have some of the parallels between Bianca and Kofi. Unfortunately. What do those two have in relations to each other? Go ahead, boys.
2: Well, I mean, she got Daniel Bryant, is the way I see it. Daniel Bryant is yeah. there, there's, there's a certain community
0: that's not looking like that right now. There is talking to and, you know, getting a feeling from uh, like an 8 Milton News on Post Wrestling. And a lot of the, the, blah, the black community who got to call in were not thrilled of how a black woman like Belair was treated and the Kofi side of it. And they're the last two big jobs that have happened with this. So yeah. I, I don't know how much I'm, I obviously work three white guys, so I can't talk a lot about the race element of it, but it doesn't look great on their part either.
2: It doesn't look great on their part. I think that's probably a coincidence. You know, I don't think that's, that's why, I mean, I, I think that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's just that they they brought back Becky and they thought that this is what the crowd would want. I think. And uh, it, it's ironic because it probably is going to get Bianca more over than anything they've done so far. Uh, it has potential to. And then, of course, they'll give themselves the credit for it. But it's much like they did a similar thing with Becky originally against Charlotte, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what got Becky started, uh, you know? Uh, when the crowd thinks somebody's deserving and they get screwed over, that's when they really get behind them, not because they do good storytelling because they do bad storytelling. And suddenly that gets the crowd behind them. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, Becky's a baby face and she should be, and she's a huge star. And uh, I think people will be happy to see her. But the thing is, just because we love Becky, doesn't mean we don't like and respect Bianca Belair. And I think that's the, the thing that they missed in all this. And that's a shame. They could have done it many other ways.
0: They could have. Joel?
1: Man, this company, at times, re- well, more times than not, really got their head up their own ass. Maybe this was just a terrible call. This was dumb. This was unneeded. There's a thousand ways to get through this. You had eight days notice. You had eight days notice to fi- figure this out. It wasn't like, oh, Saturday morning. Oh, man, these guys are hurt. They're not going to be able to compete or whatever's going on. Oh, well, geez, we're going to have to glue everything together. Oh, Becky, you just happened to be in town. Let's do this at the last minute. No, this was literally eight days notice. There's a reason why Sasha was not on Friday. You could have easily, you could have had an interim championship. You could have had, you could have done a number of things. You didn't need to do this to bel-air and this may work and somehow the crowd might get more behind bel-air and she might be more over and then they're gonna be like see we're geniuses and i'll be like oh you're not geniuses you're idiots you're idiots i this, this- what i would have
0: I, what i would have done is i would have gone on monday on the monday and maybe even if you if you think maybe whatever Sasha has. You know, some people think it's COVID. We can't say that that's not or not, but if it was, then you definitely knew Sasha couldn't wrestle at all if she had if she does have COVID. Um, but if she can't go even on on the on the on the Friday, you know, so come into that night and be like, "Hey, Sasha is unable to go due to an injury from the contract signing or something." You can use the the Molly go round that bianca did to her and you could say like sasha missed her quad or something like that she's out for a month or whatever because for all we know she's off to do mando again soon we don't know she's if Costa reeves will be used a mandalorian or not but she could be off to do mando after this and be gone now so you could at least you know like oh sasha hurt her quad she's not getting her rematch with bel-air da 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 then you could be like we have a there'll be a mystery challenger for bel-air tomorrow you could have just done that and we would have spent the next 24 hours being like, oh, it's probably Becky. It's probably Becky. Oh, some people would think, like, oh, maybe it's Nikki Bella. Or maybe it's, you know, someone from NXT. Who knows, right? Maybe people are like, oh, maybe it's Raquel Gonzalez. At least you could have had that. And then there would have been the anticipation. And we've seen what that anticipation is like from what we saw on, on Rampage on Friday. You would have built that anticipation up correctly. And Becky would have came out. You would have got the big roar. So that part, you could have figured out. The 27 second part I have no answer for that. And seems with your silence, neither do you guys.
2: No, I'm just, I thought Joel wasn't finished what he was saying. So I was just okay. giving him a chance to jump sure. uh, back in here. I, uh,
1: man, it's, Becky's one of your biggest stars. Probably your biggest star. Is she bigger than Roman? Mm, I'm not sure. I, I got to think on that for a second. But I'm going to continue talking. She's one of your biggest stars. That's what matters. And you can tell by the reaction, she got the second biggest pop of the weekend. And that's compared to a guy that was gone for seven years that crowds have been clamoring for. So that that speaks a lot to just the level that Becky's at. And you don't wanna fuck with Becky Lynch. You don't wanna mess with it. You don't wanna, you wanna make sure that you've got a nice. Plan story for Becky and you've got to build to mania for her because she's important. She's going to make you money. She's going to make you a lot of money. So make sure you're taking care and you're protecting her. And on the flip side with Bel Air, would you? My, I, I have a question for both of you. What they did to Bel Air, would they have ever done that to Roman Reigns? Yes or no?
2: No. Martin? Never, never. So, well, so. I mean, would I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but would they ever have let a character like Nikki ASH become world champion in the men's division? No, no, I mean, like it or not, the women's division is still not created as well. Um, and what does it say a about huge a company? Back. And what does it say about the company when uh, people only really get over when they're rebelling against your creative?
1: Mm -hmm. it's it's not good and like bel-air quite frankly with how you how you treated roman bel-air is someone that should be getting a similar treatment becky should be getting a similar treatment there's certain people on your roster that you should be fighting tooth and nail to protect as much as possible there are times where you have to be adaptable and change things i understand that there are points where you have to be flexible and make things work but they would have moved heaven and earth to figure out how to make this work with Roman. You have to do, you have to treat other people on your roster like that, because then you're, you're, you're showing your roster that I'm here for you. I've got your back. I'm going to make sure that I take care of you because you make me money. I'm going to make sure I protect you as much as possible. And you look at it where, like we'll we'll get to roman reigns at 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 some point in this show but you have to protect your talent and they failed miserably with this match and that's something that everyone should take note of especially in that women's division and have to ask do you am I just the little spoke on the wheel that you're going to replace just as quickly because I think they did Bel Air dirty and they did it. I think they did a poor job managing and taking care of their assets.
0: Well, the SPs did such a good job, even building up everything with that match with Sasha and really hitting Bel Air to this next level. And I think the SPs did a better job than they've almost done with everything, but it, it took her to the next level. And Mania took it to her to the next level and having them on Sports Center after that moment. So, so those the, the stuff was set up. And, you know, Morton said into our into our group text after, it's like, well, Becky has to win this, right? And we kind of responded, well, I don't know. And so in some ways, you kind of booked yourself into a corner even having Becky there, right? I mean, that part's, you know if anything, I would have just even made it Tony Storm, to be honest, young talent. The two have had matches in the past. They could have a really good match. And then maybe even Becky come out afterwards and you can figure out what you're going to do. But, you know, that would have been a good opportunity for Tony Storm. She's only been used one time. Mia Yim is supposed to be on the roster. She's only been used once. Shotzi and Tegan knox they're not getting used correctly. Those are four super talented women right now that are not getting used correctly on the SmackDown roster. That all could have potentially been put into that slot. And given Bel Air a win at SummerSlam, one of the top four pay-per-views, and you could have figured out what you're going to do with Becky afterwards instead of... I I think the Becky thing, because from all reports, that was not supposed to be Becky's spot, because obviously that was supposed to be Sasha and Belair, and I don't know who was supposed to go over there. But it's like Joel and I have been joking, break glass in case of Becky. You didn't plan to have Becky there, and I feel like the punk thing spooked them, and they'll never admit it, but it did. So they felt like, well, the punk thing happened, so we got to get Becky, and then that'll be bigger. And it wasn't. Well, and... um,
1: Uh, I was just going to add quickly. There's uh, there's a there's a few wrestling fans at my work, and everyone was ripping apart SummerSlam. There was not. I didn't hear a lot of positives for SummerSlam, and I think there are positives from the SummerSlam. But this this moment takes center stage of being. What were you thinking?
2: And let me tell you something else is doing what you did with Becky, bringing her out like that as a surprise, and then doing the same thing with Brock hurts both of them hurts both of them to do the exact same thing with each other uh the exact same essentially angle except for the physicality that you sort of had with uh with becky but uh the surprise entrance neither one of them gets over or is talked about the next day to the level they could be because you did the same thing twice in in, in a four-hour period but the other thing is this makes the entire women's division look bad because bianca belair and you know has a four-star match with. Uh, With Sasha Banks, and you're expecting another four star match. And instead, a woman who hasn't been wrestling for 18 months comes out, offers a handshake, instead, sucker punches her and hits one move and pins her. And this is a woman who has been beating Carmella and everybody else in the division. And if she can lose that quickly to Becky, it just makes Becky look that much farther ahead of them. It makes everybody else, everybody else from Sasha on down, everybody look bad. And that's not good for the division.
0: No. All right, well, let's move on. Um, we go to Drew McIntyre and Ginger Mahal. Uh, from everything I've heard, a lot of people just checked out at this point for a little bit here for the next two matches. And this match was a match to check out. You know, Drew gets a big win. Um, You know, Ginger's not of us the biggest, but he beat a former champion. So there's that on that. And I, I, I guess the only problem is I don't really know what Drew's direction is because as long as Bobby's champion, he's kind of stuck in this molasses going forward. So I'm assuming even though he beat uh, gender really clean here. I'm assuming they'll do something with Shanky and Veer at Extreme Rules. Still, he'll
1: he'll find some sort of he, he can team with Shane McMahon. They can reunite that tag team and they can take on. That's that's what they're going with Extreme Rules. Sure, maybe that's
0: what it is. It could be a six team.
2: Yeah, I mean Drew wants to have a great match every night. He didn't get a chance because it was such a short match. And, I mean, it was, it was Ginger getting heat on him early and then him hitting just a couple moves, you know, a few moves, getting a pin. But, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know where you go with either one of these guys after this. I think you probably see a rematch at Extreme Rules, and it's a three-on-one match, and Drew still squashes them.
0: I feel so bad for Drew because the mania that Joel went to, he followed Daniel Bryan and Kofi winning. That, that match. So the crowd was crazy and it was Roman and Drew and nobody gave a shit. I'm sure you can confirm that in a second here, Joel. And then he follows the Bianca and Becky thing at SummerSlam this year. I feel really bad. Those are two bad positions to be
2: in. Hey, Poor I feel bad for O'Reilly and Cole having to follow that Dragon off that's and true. Walter match.
0: I think that got affected. I think that's, you know what? Now that I think about it, why I said it was a little lackluster to me, I think that affected it a little bit. Good point there, Morton. Um Joel, any, any comments on what I just said, too? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the
1: crowd was singing at WrestleMania while Drew and Roman were wrestling. It felt mm-hmm. like the, the crowd had already started to turn on Roman already at that point.
0: And, yeah, uh, Brian. Well, Roman, and, they
2: turned on a long time ago. Do you mean they started? This to was turn his, on his first
0: match back from cancer, though.
2: Yeah, yeah that's
0: true. And you could feel like
1: there was a little bit of a turn there going, oh boy, it doesn't take long for wrestling fans to be like, eh, eh. Uh, and I mean, Brian and Kofi was a fantastic match. That was probably the best match at WrestleMania, just in terms of match quality. Um, and I mean, you know, two smaller guys, one an independent wrestler, one developed through the WWE system, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, I, I like Drew. I like Drew. He got a great pop when he knocked Brock out of the Rumble. Uh, it's a shame he didn't get to beat Brock at WrestleMania. And it just feels like at a certain point, Brock just kind of meandered around. Uh, Roman, uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre meandered around. And I feel like he's still kind of just meandering around. I do wonder if maybe it's Roman and Drew at Mania. But I Don't know. I don't know who drew what the direction or plan for Drew McIntyre is.
2: It, it seems like the people don't like him just because they know he's getting the push he's getting because he's big and he's you know has the right look. Um, and that is and that's why they love him. But the truth is, he works really hard, he has good matches. Uh, he doesn't deserve to be put in the same category as you know somebody like. Well, like some of the people we mentioned earlier, you know, it's some of the, somebody who doesn't know how to work and just is getting a push because of the look. I th- uh, I, I, I some, love McIntyre.
1: I love McIntyre. I I think it's absolutely. I don't. It's. I, I think the thing that killed McIntyre was the Randy feed. Ultimately, I think that. And how long that went and how many times that happened and then continuously getting chances against Bobby, I think also hurt him as well.
2: Well, uh, uh, that hurt him as well. But I think also he was hurt by the fact that he turned baby face so quickly and then won the title. Yeah. So there was no real storyline there behind <laughs> it. And there was no chance for the crowd to really start to cheer for him and get behind him before COVID happened. So Uh, You know, I mean, uh, it's kind of if if they had done a storyline with him where he knocks out, you know, a lot of people doing the kick and they they did it for longer than a month and he was still acting a heel, still acting a heel. The crowd started chanting for him because, you know, they wanted him to turn and then they have a storyline where he does turn. I don't think we'd be in this position with him.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, let's get to the next match. We have Charlotte Flair becoming the Raw Women's Champion, knocking off Nikki, almost a superhero, and Rhea Ripley, the uh, Nikki experiment, is done. She'll kind of just become kind of a gimmick, like more than she already is. Going booed forward. out of the
2: stadium, apparently.
0: Yeah. You couldn't hear it fan. on TV,
2: They whatever, but, yeah. but apparently she was booed out of the building.
0: It's too bad. By, she,
2: apparently, by the way, about yeah. forty four thousand people there, not yeah, the fifty one thousand. No, no, that's 51. the the entertainment number.
0: I, I feel bad because Nikki came up with the gimmick by herself, you know, and she put a lot into it. So God bless her for trying to get her own thing over. I, you know, respect to that. It just wasn't a gimmick that's going to work in twenty twenty one. You know, she mid-card got a championship. comedy out of gimmick,
2: that. right? Is when you say yeah. mid card comedy gimmick, you can't yeah. put the title on a mid card comedy gimmick. You just no. can't. Just what respect. does Moro
0: always say? Funny doesn't draw money. And it, it does in some, some circumstances, but like as much as we love Santino, Anthony Corelli, if he was who Anthony Corelli was, this badass mixed martial arts black belt, that guy would have been a, maybe a world champion, potentially, who knows? But Santino Morella, who is as funny as all days, was never going to be a world champion.
2: No, you, you, it was could, over. Give him, you could give him a, an IC belt, sure. Yep. But yep. you could not give him the world belt.
0: No. And, but you, you know, and he was over to the degree that, you know, the, the elimination chamber match he did with Brian, that was great. And people cared about him, but there's also a limit with everything. So I don't know where they go with Nikki going forward. She's kind of in a menandering role right now. I don't know where they go with Rhea and uh, Flair adds to her title with everything. And I don't really know what the step is for Flair. Like looking at the women's raw division, like she's faced Oscar. She's done this stuff with Nikki Lord. knows she's done the stuff with Rhea. I don't even. I Wait. guess is it. Yeah. Has has she faced Rhea Ripley? I don't. I don't remember
1: <laughs> any of those matches happening. Oh, He's gonna
0: face most Mo, Morton's favorite Aaliyah. It's coming from the Mandy Rose trade. It's Aaliyah time, Morton. Oh,
2: it's time. Well, I, well, next month the stream rules almost for sure. It'll be a, a singles match with Nikki Ash and, uh, uh, and Charlotte. Don't you think?
0: Probably. Ah. Uh, uh, probably. It's just that I named all the people in the SmackDown division and I was like, man, they need a draft. Like why did Tony storm go to SmackDown? Why did Mia Yim get moved to SmackDown? And now they have three of the four horsewomen on SmackDown. And technically Becky is a raw member by the way. So I don't even know if Becky's going to show up tomorrow or not.
2: Uh, So all I I know is that on top is two of the four horsewomen. again, and it's been mm-hmm. years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of them is out the door soon. I think Sasha's on her
2: way out. A lot of people so, think Charlotte's on her way out. I don't.
0: Yeah. A lot of people do. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, and I think that goes to the, the fact of where her father and her fiance are.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I go to the fact that she's so pushed and, and yeah. so uh, so much in their marketing that I don't think she's going anywhere.
0: Yeah, time will tell. I mean, she showed again why she's one of the best women wrestlers in the world in this, like if it wasn't for Charlotte in this match, like this was fine, this match, but Charlotte held this together.
2: Definitely most charismatic, best uh, most athletic, most uh, um, you know, polished of these three women in mm-hmm. this match. Yeah. Joel,
0: any thoughts?
1: Uh, Charlotte stood out. Charlotte stood out. Uh... Is it, is it safe to say now that I don't think Rhea is a pillar of the women's division? And she's, she's a, a wrestler that you can use in the division, but she's not someone that is one of your main staples of that division? Or is it just simply the booking of Rhea that has hurt
2: her? And that, the booking has hurt her, definitely, because she should have come in and not been pushed. She, there's something to be said for a Goldberg push, for a slow build beating people, and you have to have the people on the roster, but beating people slowly and moving up the the ladder rank slowly. Instead of being pushed right to the top right away, and the crowd's not going to be, the crowd, we've seen this now, the crowd doesn't get behind somebody who's pushed to the top right away. They need, if there's something to be said for that slow build, and if they've done that with her, and let her get familiar, and let her move up the ranks slowly, from opener to mid-card to main event, I think she'd be in a different position uh, than than what she is at right now.
1: I, I yeah. think that's a great call.
2: And
0: who who's on this Raw's women division? Like who? Because I'm going to go look at the roster really quick here. But like, I'm just trying to feel like who's on that Raw women division other than Aaliyah, who hasn't debuted yet, that hasn't faced Charlotte. Um,
1: I have Eva or I have
0: Bliss.
2: I, I think that's about it. I think Bliss is probably your next contender. Oh, mm. man. Um, oh man, I I have a I'm little. I'm not bit of... a fan of I'm not a fan of Bliss. I've never been, as I said before, she's the queen of two and a half star matches to me.
0: Um, so really quick, Joel, before you go, their women's roster is uh, Shayna Baszler, who nothing's happened, so I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Naya, god damn it, that's all I have to say to that. <laughs> Dana Brooke, fuck. Eva Marie, fuck. Oscar, lover, but we've seen her a million times. And then Aaliyah and Alexa Bliss and Lacey Evans, but she's obviously on maternity leave. So we won't see her.
2: fast year. Thin. That is a thin woman's division. Yeah. Compared to
0: the SmackDown one, which the SmackDown one is Bailey, Becky, Bianca, Carmella, Liv, Naomi, Natty, Sasha, Shotzi, Tamina, Tegan Knox, Tony, and Zelina Vega.
2: Yeah, they got to even this out a little bit. In fact, yeah. when you look at how thin that roster is on the Rock, especially for a three-hour show, all the mm-hmm. sudden, and you know they had two of the three women's matches on SummerSlam. I mean, mm-hmm. it's thin even compared to the rapidly improving uh, AEW women's roster. Um, yeah, who has a ton Did of more and more they they have a ton on. Of talent.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kira Hogan got you know jobbed out, but I expect a big future for her.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. She got jobbed out because it's the time to job her out. Doesn't mean yep. that she doesn't have a future. And
0: Punk took a lot more time than they thought he was going to take. <laughs> Rightfully so.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah any I, last thoughts, Joel? Uh, I have breaking news. I'm going to ask both of you to go on mute, so I, I'll read this through and then I want to get your reaction. So... Get ready, because this is from Mike Johnson from Pro Wrestling Insider, and this just broke mere moments ago. But Pro Wrestling Insider has confirmed with multiple WWE sources that Becky Lynch is now a heel. Yes, you read that correctly. We are told that going forward, Lynch will be positioned as the top heel on SmackDown, uh, initially feuding with uh, Bianca Belair. Lynch was at the Performance Center earlier this summer, working out in the ring with uh, Indy Hartwell as, as part of the process of getting her cleared by WWE to return to the ring after taking time off to have her first daughter. She has been in attendance at a number of WWE pay-per-view events, but until this week, the plan has been for Lynch to return in October. Uh, SummerSlam, Lynch last wrestled at WrestleMania 36, defeating Shayna Baszler. So Pro Wrestling Insider has... the, the well, I, all right, you guys go. I'm
0: curious. I I said it in the podcast, and then make it yesterday. I see shades of gray. The crowd's going to cheer for her. It's going to be like an Austin situation. So, see how it plays out. I, that's all I really got to say on it right now.
2: All I, you know, my first instinct is I give up. I give up on this company. I give up. I I just I don't know. She's beloved before she leaves. She comes back. She's going to be even more beloved. You can ride that wave of emotion, and you know as much as what they should have done is moved uh, Rollins over to Raw, so that they could be together. Because you, you Brian Alvarez, her. sorry, Morton.
0: Brian Alvarez just put out like a hundred and forty tweet. L o l o l o l o l o. Because
2: it's hilarious. The crowd's not going to boo her. I mean, we we've seen this a million times where they they turn somebody. They did it with Daniel or with, uh, with uh, AJ Styles, for instance. is a, a good one where the first time they turned him heel, the crowd just wasn't going to do him. It just wasn't going to happen. And that's the case with Becky. Uh, I don't know, man. Just talk <laughs> about just bad creative and just clueless. You know, you don't listen to the fans. That's the biggest problem this company has. They don't listen to the fans. They got to. AEW listens to the fans. How about that? How about that? You know what? WWE used to listen to the fans. They stopped a long time ago.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's something interesting. We'll move on. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg. It was a plunder match. Uh, it was up and down, not good. Like you know, we were saying before, and there's always a nostalgia for Bill. The entrance is still so great. The ending of this match, though, was terrible. Uh, like you rewatch MVP hitting Bill on the leg there, like it does. I rewatched it again this morning. It doesn't even look like he hits him. I
2: so even that. more
0: shouts to kind of Goldberg to be like, yeah, uh yeah, my leg, ah. Uh! Like it, it, it was not. He hit great him so how-
2: light he didn't know he was hit, and then remembered yeah. he was supposed to be selling his leg. Mm-hmm. It was bad.
0: It was bad. I'm really looking forward to the botch mania skits with it. That's the only highlight out of this. I don't think the botch-
2: Goldberg deserves the booze he gets, but no. uh no, I don't think the, so either. The, the booking on this was really odd. And mm. uh, I, I'm I'm sure it's probably Saudi, but I'm not looking forward to the rematch.
0: Goldberg confirmed he has two matches left and they were supposed to be for next year. This is before this show happened. So I'm assuming Saudi uh, pulled out the Brink's trucks. And uh, like we kind of said with Bobby, like much like we said with Charlotte, I don't know who Bobby's going to face. Like, I'm like, maybe it's extreme rules. So I'll just say, fuck it. Jeff Hardy, sure. Let's just do it. People are going to all kind of excited. Jeff gets like a title match opportunity. And we, you know, it's an easy body for It's a five minute over. squash. Yep. And it's an easy, or you could do Ricochet as well if you wanted to. You do a few crazy spots. People are going to get excited that those talents are in there. Bobby gets to move on and then face Goldberg at Saudi. So, but the, 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 you know, and even with Gay Goldberg, like, again, like makes you feel old the last time we saw his son and everything like that. And he's, you know, much more athletic and everything like that. But I don't really think there was a need for that because now, like, the storyline is that Goldberg wins the title. That's how proper booking is done. And obviously, yeah, but we saw this, this with uh, yeah.
2: Dominic and, and yeah. Ray and uh, Brock, right? Yeah, yeah, basically the same storyline. What a shock! You're right.
0: You're Basically right. Yeah. the same
2: storyline, and Ray did not go over.
0: No, no. So um, yeah, I guess we'll see it in Saudi, and I have no idea who Bobby's going to face at Extreme Rules. Joel, uh, I think you covered everything.
1: Uh, yeah. And I mean, we're not going to get to see the rematch because none of us are going to be watching the Saudi show.
0: So I will. I always take the bullet and watch it.
2: <laughs> I pretty much refuse.
0: So I do too. but yeah yeah i'm always the one that takes the bullet because one of us has to cover it so i'm the one that takes the bullet and covers it uh so we'll see what happens on uh that terrible show oh uh, it's
1: rumored uh that hmm. date is rumored october 21st that's the rumored date for the Saudi
0: show and then 10 days later bray wyatt will be in aew And then our main event is Roman Reigns beats John Cena in uh, 23 minutes. Um, you know, good back and forth match between these two. I really like Roman shit talking in it. I think he's kind of mastered that. He's getting really good at that. Uh, you know, you talked about in the main event of NXT, Morton, that Joe looked slow. I thought Cena at times looked to have lost a little bit of a step. Obviously, you know, he hasn't been in a ring in almost two years. Uh, you know the Avalanche AA that was crazy, and there were some good spots in this. But I, at times, I thought John lost a little bit of a spot. And you know, <laughs> this match was fine. I don't think it was quite what Michael Cole was going when he was like, "Cherish this, cherish this match." It's like it was fine. And maybe, maybe we'll take it more for appreciation in five years or so. If this was seen as maybe last match in WWE at this level with where his acting career is going. And we'll talk about the after side of this match after, but let's kind of focus on the, uh, the, the match itself. Morton?
2: I agree about John Cena probably losing a step, but the truth is John Cena, for a guy with his build, yep. with his great genetics, who's as strong as he is, he's never been a very good athlete. He's always uh, awkward and uncoordinated. He's always been that way. That's one of the reasons why people chant you can't wrestle at him for all those years. He hides it because he has matches where it's big move after big move and finisher after finisher. And the, the more you add them on, the more people think that one has to be the, 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 uh, the, the pinfall, the finish. And, you know, nobody else is really allowed to do that with the multiple kickouts of finishers. Uh, really, uh, that's, that's what kind of hit how bad he was towards the end of his career. They figured that out. He figured that out uh this match was just a typical John Cena match in that way and you know Roman Reigns I'm starting to get bored I got to say starting to get bored he's he's there's no sense of of uh no sense of danger ever with him that he's going to lose and that's that's not a good thing
0: no no like especially with the gimmick too I talked to a lot of people that were done that we were going to watch Summer, SummerSlam that were excited for roman and cena and then the gimmick happened like you spoiled the match why do i care it made no sense for the gimmick because cena didn't put it on the line there was nothing on the line for cena other than winning the title roman had everything to lose and cena had nothing so in, so there was no added investment to the match at all
2: plus stipulations mean nothing does it be
0: no that's the thing that's why i was saying to you guys in the group i'm like i would have seen a win just because he gets 17 and then you'd be like oh holy shit the stipulation mattered. what are they going to do with Roman? and you could have done this whole thing where Cena won and took the belt the belt because he has a he has a rom-com that he has to promote next week. you could have promoted all that during them when he was at the promote uh, at the romcom and he's on Jimmy Kimmel or Conan or I guess Conan's not on right now, but you know you get the idea of doing that whole thing It would have been really cool and you could have done something with Roman of how he gets back in to the company maybe he has to go to nxt and work his way back up or something but they don't have the balls to do anything like that they don't think outside the box like that
2: no they absolutely Poor john cena you know i mean just a guy who can't seem to get good booking i mean even if you look at the suicide squad spoiler alert (laughs) you know by the end he's the character is completely irredeemable and yet you're going to give him a tv series i'm like how do you do that how do you have a guy who you, you really hate by the end of this movie and give him a tv series
1: yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the TV series. I like Suicide Squad. I really enjoyed it. Uh, As for Cena, if this is his last match, I don't know if I want this to be his last match. I, I, I hope he gets something else down the line. I don't know who it is, where it is, what it is. I hope he gets something else other than this because Roman is kind of boring. Roman is, I think Roman has in many ways plateaued. There is no growth. There is no progression. It's kind of the same old, same old, and I think they found something that worked with Roman, and now they're going to cling to it until they're dead. They just—they're just, they're not going to let this go now. They're like this—this this is the only thing that works, so we have to keep this going. Uh, you know, Roman—Roman's fine in ring. I don't think Rome. I don't think Roman's. I don't think Roman. I think Roman Reigns can wrestle, uh, and I think he can wrestle the WWE style. But for me, the match just. There was something that was like, ah, oh, was there, it was all right, but it never fully clicked. It never never hit all those gears that you want a big match to hit.
2: He definitely also- was having more exciting matches when he was a baby face. The quality mm-hmm. of matches were much higher when he was a baby face. And the only thing really interesting with him is the stuff with the Usos. Uh, you know, where is that going to go? Um, and I suppose they, they maybe now with something with Heyman, and, and Brock will be interesting. But by the way, did we skip the Edge and Rollins match, the match of the night? We sure did.
0: Because <laughs> I did that on purpose because I wanted to talk about something positive at the end.
2: Oh, I gotcha.
0: Yeah. I wanted to talk about one positive thing at the end of it. That's why. Because I, <laughs> I, wanted, to I, I wanted to end it end on a happy note. Uh, and so at the end of this match, out comes Brock Lesnar. I think a few people were kind of shocked because there had been rumors that he wasn't coming back. Uh, and, I didn't know, think he was ever coming back. Who,
2: I, I didn't The either. futurist was wrong. Who called yeah. it
0: before he came out,
2: Josh? You did. Who, who sent a text saying Brock? You did.
0: Uh, but I didn't even now. recognize
2: his music. That's how out of it I was the <laughs> idea of him coming back. I was like, well, who's this? What's this? Why is the crab? It's reaction? Goro. Oh. It's Goro from Mortal
0: Kombat. That's what he looks like. He looks like Goro. Is but he, now you've had, the, you've had this level with Roman, right? It's like edge returns to face him john cena returns to face him and then brock returns to face him and now we're going to probably go to extreme rules like well here's finn balor you can beat him roman and then you can face brock and Saudi. there's a little bit of a problem with all that
1: uh so it sucks it sucks. I'd probably do a six man tag at extreme rules with Roman and the Usos. If I was, if I want, if I was had half a brain and was booking this, I would do some sort of six man match just to kind of not have him defend the title. So it, it, it has a little bit of mystery to it. Uh, as for Brock, uh, it's going to be really interesting. And I, pick, I think I'd pitch the perfect storyline. I think you have your your Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man with Heyman and Brock. I think you have, <laughs> I think you have, uh, I don't know who you have win. Uh, you probably have Roman win, but Roman, or you know what? You have Roman lose. He starts berating Heyman, pushes him down. Heyman looks in danger. Brock comes down. Belts, uh, belts Roman out of the ring, and then he can put Heyman on his shoulders like uh, Miss Elizabeth, and they can go around the ring. Fans will be crying. It'll be, per- it'll be perfect booking.
2: <laughs> it may not get over the quite as well as the Miss Elizabeth Randy Savage did. It may not. Yo, Paul, we did it. <laughs> you did it, Paul. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. We'll see how that goes but uh i expect that to be at uh at saudi so uh there's the end of john cena he has a movie coming up this week on uh star in canada and hulu in the states with little rel we went to comedy to end kind of the summer of cena and you know cena was the mvp of WWE for the summer ticket sales up merch sales up ratings up they are really gonna miss john cena
2: yeah he's a needle mover you know especially mm-hmm. and as he becomes a hollywood star and he's he spends time away he probably becomes more of a needle mover for them you know when it's yep. rare appearances uh kudos to him for doing you know house shows mm-hmm. uh that's that's pretty cool um yeah i mean that that's where he didn't have to go but he did
0: he didn't uh, have uh, he went uh, out all the
2: way the question for you is uh, if roman wins which i expect i think we all expect he will at this point does that hurt the Lashley and Brock match or does that not matter just because it probably won't it happen to Mania?
0: to Bobby. That's all he wants. He just wants Brock Lesnar. Yeah, He'll probably,
2: probably have it at Mania. I mean, uh, that's the thing sure. is, I mean, you look at this, you think Saudi, uh, yeah. they're up the money to get Brock and the second time they're putting up the money to get Brock is at mm-hmm. Mania. And other than that, I don't expect him to be us <laughs> to see him. Uh, the, the That's kind of I get the feeling, you know, he didn't want to come out when there was no crowd as well. They didn't want to use him when there was no crowd. But uh, yeah, there'll be a crowd of Mania this year. I mean, it'll be full. It'll be packed, obviously.
1: Uh, I, I the thing is with with uh, with Brock and Bobby. I think enough people know this is what Bobby wants that I think it doesn't matter, and I think people will just be happy to have that match. They'll be like, finally, we've got something that we've wanted, Bobby's wanted. Let's just go. Let's do it. Let's have it happen. I think it's almost to the point where it's just like, I don't care how you get to it. Just freaking give us the match. Have it happen and just just do it. Finally, just do it.
2: It'll be probably about the only time we'll see Lashley get the reaction. Like, if you look at it, he doesn't really get the reaction of a world champion. If you look at world champions in the past, he's not, he doesn't get that reaction from the crowd that just huge pop where there's booze or, or cheers. He just doesn't get it. Uh, during that match, he would get it. I think. Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, let's go into the positive side of things. Edge and Seth Rollins, you know, for some people, I don't think any of ours, but some people are like this is the match of the year and look, I, if you're just a WWE fan, sure, I will give you that on that side. But these two had a phenomenal match. Edge came out to the brood theme song with the entrance. I really want to So mad. I don't know if
2: they have just a to beef. Off, apparently, apparently yeah. the fireworks weren't allowed there for some reason. Yeah. In that stadium yeah. or in Las Vegas. That's why they did the brooded entrance.
0: Because
1: uh, then they weren't okay. able to go uh, all the
2: way.
0: I was wondering, do they have a problem with David Heath because of the porn?
2: Yeah, I think they just didn't think about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, of course they didn't. And and how many people know that that Gangrel runs a porn company too?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a deeper
0: dive on that side. I'm not sure if he does. I know he did. He had the what was it, the New Porn World Order or something?
2: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For this match, though, uh, I I liked that Edge went to that level. I think he, you know, we had this conversation in the group chat as well of who needed this match. And I think now that I've had 24 hours, I do think Edge needed it. Seth is fine. Both these guys are fine. But Edge hadn't had that big win really since winning the Royal Rumble. So I feel like he kind of needed it to add, you know, the infamous WWE momentum towards him. And I don't know where it goes. I mean, you could very well, Extreme Rules, by the way, go back to Edge and Roman potentially not that i want it but you could go back to that you could go back to that match at least for extreme rules edge kind of went to this dark place he can kind of pull, pull out that brood card whenever whenever he needed to and uh just thought really good transitions between the two of these guys seth was one of one zone, one of his better marks in the main roster that he's been in a while and uh just a phenomenal match of these two and sometimes a match that you don't really get to see in the main roster card of wwe
2: it's actually worth noting that uh uh, the one of the reasons why Edge really wanted to come back was because he uh, loved that original Walter versus uh, Dragon off match mm-hmm. of last year. That that, right. that was part of the motivation. Was it made him want to be in the ring again? Um, you know, after his last injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, and that was confirmed by Beth. So that's very interesting. Uh, yeah, let's. I mean, this was a terrific match. It started off slow, built slow, and I was I was wondering at first, but it, by the end, it was just really good. Psychology. This is WWF or WWE uh, style at its best. Um, yes, you know when you see it like this, this is this is it at its best, the best psychology you can get, and, and everything like that. So I mean, really terrific match. Uh, I think that Edge needed this win because I think that they'll wrestle each other at least two more times, and Rollins probably gets the win at the end of the feud. But again, I, you know. Uh, I I wonder if now that I think about it, if part of the reason Becky's a heel is because Seth is a heel and people know they're together and they can do something. There have been together. rumors of a
0: stable with them, by the way, which by the way, Seth said he hated last time. He despised it.
2: Yeah, well, I could see that though. I could see them really putting them together together. That being part of the reason why they're making this mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's gonna be great shit, pal.
2: Um, but uh, Joel, your thought, <laughs> Joel, your thoughts on the match Oh man, uh, Moxley versus Cole How good would that be? Very good
1: uh, I, I really enjoyed the match This was probably the best match for SummerSlam uh, I thought, yeah, it, it built well There were great spots I think this is the best match Seth has had in a while I might be mistaken But I think this is the best match he's done in a while uh, This is probably the best match Edge has had Since he's been back uh, I enjoyed it I thought everything clicked. Well, there
2: was the greatest match ever.
0: Uh, that match sucked. It's unfortunate because that match between him and Randy was really, 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 really good. It was a good match, but the yeah, tagline yeah. hurt it. But it was a freaking good match. Maybe it, like one of the best Randy Orton matches ever.
1: <laughs> it, like the match itself, this was good. Uh, this is what you wanted. Uh, and it, it delivered. So I, you know, this is this is when they do things well. Uh, I imagine we're probably gonna get five or six Seth and uh, Edge matches moving forward because that's WWE way and water
0: this down. But I thought their first encounter was great. Yeah, and they're probably like you know if if Edge doesn't do the Roman match maybe again, which I don't know that'll that happen. But these two will probably face each other at Extreme Rules and maybe it's Saudi and have the break from there and. Or I could see both these teams, leading teams for uh, for Survivor Series, if we don't do Team Raw SmackDown, because sometimes we do separate teams for Survivor, got it, Series. At Survivor
2: Series. You have to do the the uh, head of the table and his stable, don't you think? In a, in a I mean, they need to another he's champion
0: person. though. If he's champion, they'll have to face the Raw champion.
2: It doesn't have but, to. It's just because that, that one in is... the last couple of years doesn't mean yeah. that's what they have to do this year.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, it just seems I mean, odd if sense. they don't have
2: just seems odd if they don't have, you know, him. I mean, maybe he could still face the raw champion, but it would be in a, in a team match instead of a one-on-one. I mean, since they want to protect both of these guys, that's the only Bobby
0: had a stable Morton. Oh man. I I think, I think that's the best way to
1: close this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Poor Shelton. All right. Well, uh, you know, a lawn week, you know, talked off. Cedric. Yeah, poor Cedric too. You know, a lawn week in wrestling that, uh, you know, we had uh, started off with Rampage, which seemed the happiest people ever got to. I've heard wrestling fans ever. It's phenomenal. That shirt, by the way, is gone on Pro Wrestling Tees. It's completely sold out. Uh, you can get it without, but it doesn't have the collar on it anymore. The ringer on it. So I'm going to be waiting till it has that. So that shirt's completely sold out. The uh, the YouTube videos I think now is at four million for that punk intro. So everything was super high on Friday. Things came very low on Saturday, except for like you know a few matches. The Seth and Edge match was one of them. It came a little bit higher today as we got a really good NXT takeover. So welcome to the world of wrestling and the roller coaster that it is.
2: Yeah, I have to say, uh, uh, 24 hours after SummerSlam, you realize what a smoke and beer show it was. Really yeah. not that good. No. A couple surprises that they brought out to try and fool you into thinking it was better than it was.
0: I think this may because I was wondering when we'd have our worst show of the year, and I think this may be one of my might be my worst show of the year.
2: It's gonna be in contention.
0: It's going to be in contention, yeah. So uh, but
2: you'll watch the Saudi show, so that'll be worse. Yeah,
0: they, that'll probably be worse. So, uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening uh, to the wonderful Podcast. Make sure you follow everything with uh, Stick Boy and onefall Make sure you follow all the great stuff with We Talk Podcast. Mo, what's coming up on We Talk this week?
2: Oh, uh, you know, after a bit of a delay to, due to something, we have a, uh, we have we have a very interesting uh, interview. Actually, We Talk Music with a singer she also runs oh why am i losing the the name here but uh she has a television show on the oprah network and oh, is okay. a singer as well um i think it was sweet peas or something like that is the name of the oh, nice. i'm trying to i'm trying to remember the name it's just slipping my mind at the at the moment but uh so that's that's that was really cool and uh, uh new we talk comics is definitely posting this week
0: Excellent. So go check out all that great stuff on uh, the Fresh Jake Network. We have the rundown coming back. We have our NFL preview will be this week with uh Caleb and Andy Kenyar and myself we will be previewing the 2021 NFL season. And after we have some preseason games in the books to kind of get an idea with everyone. And then going forward, we'll have a bunch of CFL stuff with everything. And uh, uh, we have an interview with uh, former Calgary 88 and San Antonio Spurs coach, Chip England. Also coming up on the uh, Fresh Take side this week via uh, Sea of tremendous. the Dead.
2: You're, yes. you're talking to the three-point master, Chip England? Yes, a sir. Three-point chip shot? Three-point chip shot. Oh, Four. I used to go and love that. And you know what? Uh, I always wanted to do a deep dive something on the uh, on the Calgary 88s and, and the World Basketball. Uh, was it the World Basketball Association? Was it WBA? Yeah, World Basketball League. World Basketball League. It's been so many years, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. anyway, just That'll like, be coming out Wednesday. Miss Robbie Montgomery is the, the name Excellent. of the singer. Uh, and she's uh, Sweetie Pies is the restaurant that she runs. Excellent. And she's on the so, open network.
0: So check it and out We Talk. Check it out for fresh Take. And shout out to Joel because he's killing it on the OneFold uh, uh, Twitter. Just a tremendous job t- he's t- doing with Twitter. Twitter
1: is active and we're on Spotify now. I think this is the first time we get
0: to announce we're on Spotify. So on spotify so follow us there the punk tweet the punk uh prod was the first one there and we'll go on here so uh shout outs to joel follow us on the one fall pod on twitter joel's doing a tremendous job there recapping uh, a crazy week here i don't think he'll be doing rob with logan paul tomorrow pretty sure um so until next time everyone cheers and enjoy the day Goodbye. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and good night